Hello? What's up? What's up? Hey, Carl, what's up? All right, welcome to Bombhole Group Chat, episode number four, presented by Pub Beer, and of course, Run Through a Wall, Smelling Salts. Now, for those who are unfamiliar, the concept is to be a hub for discussion for current snowboarding topics. We're going to talk videos, contests. We'll talk to riders, wax techs, industry people addressing the current state of snowboarding, our sport ex- industry, etc. Most of our topics are submitted by you guys, our Patreon members, via Instagram. I got to give a huge shout out to our sponsors this episode that came on, Pub Beer, Woodward, Bubs, Sunbun, Union, Icon, Capita, Oakley, Hippies, Nitro, and Element. In studio, our hosts today are Jesse Bertner, Katie Kennedy, and Louis Vito. How we doing, people? What's going on? I'm excited for this. Louis, what's happening? What's, what's, how are we feeling? I'm feeling good. Just waiting for the, the snow to slowly starting to fall. Got some legends in the building, so... Couldn't couldn't be happier. The chain is thick. <laughs> always, always. Yeah, for the people listening that can't hear, Louis got some floss on. He's got a nice chain. He's got some earrings. He's looking slick. He's looking got a little baby one too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. He's got. I believe they call it drip. Is they call it drip? Uh, I believe that's drip. Yeah. So the old, kids are old man it drip. Italian style. There, you know. So for the listeners that don't know, Louis a pro snowboarder, uh, Olympian, Dancing with the Stars alumni. Uh, great. <laughs> He's got a great resume. And then to my left, we got Katie Kennedy, who is a director of digital media at Slush and also a pro snowboarder, kind of a double threat and also an ex-recruiter. As yeah. Well. Triple threat. <laughs> the many lives. And this is my first time here, so thanks for having me. Excited to uh, test test out this thing podcast thing uh, one thing i haven't done yet i guess is is podcast. <laughs> put it on the resume <laughs> and then we got jesse bertner to my right how we doing bertner i'm good i'm back thanks for having me yeah so, jesse what did you host yoshida's yes i think that was his name yeah and you've also <laughs> had an episode so you're you're a regular in the booth i'm a regular now yeah, yeah. and you Fun. for the people that don't know snowboarder as well as libtech mervin manufacturing marketing director okay Amazing. And legend. And also uh, creator of Think Tank. Yes. Sick. Co-creator. Co-creator. And many other things. Yep. We got, we'll talk about all that stuff. <laughs> and then, of course, the most important person in here, we got Silk D on the boards. Wow. Woo. Thank yeah. you. Uh, we also have a dog that resembles Silk D. Um, we found his spirit animal. We'll yep. put it on the screen. Yep. There it is. <laughs> That's there it much, is. That's pretty much an exact likeness of Silk. Thank you. <laughs> All right, right off the uh, right off the gate, Bertner. Where do you think we should start with? Um, let's just do a quick hot take on Ford Lane because we were just sitting out here looking at my rig, and you commented I have Ford Lean. Oh, it's actually kind of cranked up right now, but yeah, let's. Uh, this is sort of a quick just check in, maybe like a kind of a mental health check in. Yep. What's yours? Uh, just. A little bit. <laughs> One click, two clicks, three clicks. <laughs> well, it's four clicks on these bindings, the bent metal bindings, and I go with uh, one unless I'm hitting a jump or something, then I go with two. Okay. But yeah, I still like forward lean. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that just grew up without it, so... Maybe you're one of them. I got a weird setup for the jibs. I take it off uh, if I got a jib-specific board because I feel like my theory is from boarding through kinks and stuff. Like, it could catch my heel edge. Uh, but, like, park board, backcountry board, one or two clicks. What about you, Katie? 
Well, thanks to the bent metal little square, I grew up not knowing what forward <laughs> lean was. And just recently, I'd just been messing around with it. And yeah, powder riding, I'll click them up maybe to two. But jibbing, yeah. One time I hit a street spot and was, I mean, I'll blame it on forward lean, but was all over the place. And uh, that's what it was. It was that, yeah. yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't anything else. And yeah, it took some pretty big slams. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm on four clicks. I, I feel like I'm in a bank slalom right now. Um, so yeah, the, the, it is nice the little squares because I could be like, oh, I'll try this out for a run. Uh, and then when I did the bank slalom, I did forward lean, and at least the photos of me doing the turns looked way better. Looked fast. I looked way faster. Louis, but I know is, you got him cranked This is up. who we need oh, to I always from. got forward lean. I think uh, <laughs> spending a lot of time growing up on the East Coast, it was, it was a way of life. You have to have forward lean. I think I'm on three or four on uh, the bindings that I have. Just swivel them, spin them. I've tried everything, though, like going front foot more, back foot more, and all that, but I just keep it consistent. And, you know, on my uh, jib setup, I just run the same bindings. But maybe that's because I don't turn sideways too much. So we're yeah, good. I mean, but why Why would you go backwards through a kink? That's a bigger question, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, feels cool. good. Cool, feels but good. why? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to <laughs> look. Just full Malmy slide? You got, you gotta, no, about? you got to look over the shoulder. You can't just dive in blind. That's I, just dive in blind. no regard for safety there. I just That's just part of, you know, you just wave goodbye to your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel moment. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, take the wheel. I am front boarding a street feature. <laughs> it is funny how street like snowboarding has evolved. Like it used to just be like do the trick and survive, and it's a clip. And now it's very refined. You know. Well, I have a yeah. question though. Speaking of sorry, uh, street setups. Um, do you fresh out the wrapper, detune and file them down, or bevel them? Because I. Not that I hit a lot of rails, but I've gone on some rail trips. I started beveling them, but just with a glove underneath it on the base because Shane Flood told me if you tilt it up, you can still get an edge on a run, but then if you catch your edge on that, then it's your own fault because it's beveled up and you deserve to catch your edge. But I always wondered because being Explain the glove. Explain the glove. So I take a glove, a mitten, fold it, which is what I do, put the file, this is on the base, right? Put the file down and just... And then maybe take a gummy stone... Diamond stone or the file and just real lightly to get rid of some of the burrs. So it's there, but it's tilted up a bit. I don't even know what you're talking about. So you run it just... You D2? <laughs> you D2? I do. Yeah. But like I the just, full thing? I love that you got tech from Shane Flood, and I would say absolutely yeah. forever keep doing that. <laughs> love Flood. <laughs> like, they, I, they told me that. I have to touch my edges with something before I jump sideways on any surface. Mm-hmm. It's just part superstition. But like, like I was talking about, used to come to Utah and hang out with Cooley and just get ready for the season in Salt Lake, spend a few days down here. And he taught me everything about that. And we used to just get them down to like ropes, you know? Like yeah. Just, so not good though when you took it onto a mountain. No. If it's icy, you're not turning well. We'll say that. Yeah. I don't want to continually plug my rig, but that's... What's so rad about magnet traction? <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Now you can expense the trip, Bertner. That's good. Um, so one other thing to think about, too, uh, I forgot to mention earlier, is we're going to be taking a call from Zeb Powell in a little bit. We're also going to be taking a call from Ryan McDermott. So we're talking about tuning edges. He is the wax tech, board tech for all of the best snowboarders in the world. If you look at any podium at a contest, chances are two out of three riders, maybe three out of three 
were tuned by McDermott. He's the common denominator if it's slow. Um, so he'll be really interesting to talk to about all this stuff. And then maybe Todd Richards, if we have time. He's kind of, he's on the cusp. And then I had a call with Peter Line a while ago talking back rodeos. So we'll drop that in later in the show as well. So we got a bunch of other fun stuff later down in the show. But um, yeah, going back to edges, you know, I think on a, on a jump board, I, I might just keep them in, you know, keep them sharp. But I like to take a little bite off on my park board, just a, that initial bite. You yeah. know, you know where they just kind of zing wherever they want. I just take a little bite off. Yeah, I mean, the, you could do the contact points though, right? That's yeah, what I. That's what the points. biggest po- thing for the jump board. Uh, sometimes I'll take a little bite. Sometimes I'll just take it right out of the plastic. Because like that, like high speed, like Ripley run in, we just slipped it. Yep. And now the snow, the temperature went up a little bit. <laughs> Dude, I feel like take it those throw, contact throw points. me sideways. Yeah, I don't do the tip con- and tail a bit. Just whoo, whoo. I would say everyone out there, take your contact. Did yeah, you hear Blue? Did down. you hear Blue's podcast? He got so mad about that. Really? Okay. Well, he might <laughs> know more than me, but I do. I do think for people that that don't know, snowboards do come with a slight bevel, right? Yeah. There's like a, some are two degree and one degree and so so on and so forth. So yeah. I don't really think about it too much. That's another option. Hollow yeah, head. Th- yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't buy into the madness, and you'll probably. But find. I feel like if I uh, <laughs> if I just ride it a couple times, usually it kind of wears off on the places that I want it to wear off on. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I've like definitely slapped the gummy stone across it a bunch of times, but I don't even know if. Uh, yeah, I, that maybe that's just a mental thing too. But or, yeah, th- definitely kept caught edges on trees and stuff. Maybe shouldn't have. Maybe you should have taken him off before that score. I mean, you had Bobby Meeks on here. I don't know if he mentioned it, but he was always just razor sharp. Like, when, because that was, he was still hitting rails and stuff when we started really getting into it. And um, it was known that he would ride on razor sharp. Yeah. Same with Luif. Luif. Really? Luif, right, out of, not the, right out of the plastic. Yeah. And maybe Brian Thien. Am I making that up? But. A little fun fact, what stance is Brian Thien? Regular foot. Okay, if any, any rider that comes up, we can ask Bertner the stance he will know. The best is the way he says it, too, like, you idiot. Yeah, Regular. you have to. <laughs> what stance is Louie? Goofy foot. What, but wh- what stance does he skate? Regular foot. Boom! Yes! Really? He's, he's like, you. Patrick. Wait, Lou, Lou if? No, no Louie. Oh, I do the same. No, I know. We what? have an actual hat Wait, trick no, four, here. Four packs. We have yeah. a four pack here. So you skate goofy. Snowboard so regular. We're on the same team. We're yeah, same and team. we're on the same team. There we go. Okay, so Katie and I are a team, the elite team. Silk's on an island because I think he's regular, well, regular. Yeah, well, just regular, yeah. regular. Boring. Like a regular. Yeah. <laughs> Silk, you're dead to us. Yes. Something, yeah, I, 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 I Silk, know the I got best people. For you. I know the best people do that. Uh, Wrong answer, Silk. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the most tech rail riders, I'm like, oh, they skate the opposite way. Maybe that's going to help me. And I'm like, not really. <laughs> no, yeah, no. <laughs> um, but I love that, though. I do. I do like, it's like fun. I don't I love notice. when people bring that up. Yeah, they're like, oh, like, Joe Sexton does the same thing. You must be sick at skateboarding. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, nah, dude, this is all, then skaters are like, you know, they're like blown away by snowboarding. You're like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> like, you do that on your skateboard. It's like, you should be able to get on this toy and just dominate. You Have know? you ever seen a skater, though, like hit a box, and if it's not going right, they go to, like, I watched uh, Terry Kennedy at Zoomies 100K hitting a box, like, board side, and, you know, used to just jumping off and bailing, but, like, 
having that instinct to jump off, but his feet are attached. And just like, whoa, just eating crap just because his feet didn't come off the board. <laughs> can't get away from it. You yeah. could make like a Warren Miller highlight reel at Zoomies 100K of pro <laughs> skaters like Breaking eating shit on <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like have Warren like that voice. I don't know if you guys even know who Warren Miller is. but Of course. Yeah, of course. But he would be like, skiing, it's so, you know, and like they would show people coming off the lift, just biffing like a whole section. Mm-hmm. He's still making movies too. Yeah, well, he's not, but well, they are. The name is. Yeah. I, I want to go back to the Goofy regular. Uh, so, so, Katie I? and I snowboard regular, skate Goofy. You guys snowboard Goofy, skate regular. Let's talk about who we have on our teams. Oh. So, I, you guys, you guys have Jed. So that's that's flex. big. That's yeah, a I mean that's take that. yeah. Um, let's move on. We got. <laughs> can we go down? Where's Nick, that we got, graphic? We got Nicholas Mueller. Uh, we got oh, yeah. Ika Backstrom. Ika Backstrom. I'm sorry. That's huge. We got UC Oxenden. Oh, oh my God. That's a devastating Those blow. Are that's a devastating blow. I could blow. say. I, Those are kind of cool. On. What does, what does Macau, uh, what does he? Regular Goofy. Regular oh, goofy. that's another one for us, Katie. We're uh, killing hey, it. Hey, uh, Louie, have you heard of a guy named uh, Travis Rice? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure if uh, these guys have. I'll be sitting on the bench on our team. Let me just tell you that right now. I, I feel bad for the people that s- ride the same way all the time. Yeah. It sounds like if it was verse thoughts and them. Yeah. I would say fun. thoughts and prayers go out to them. Right? Yeah. It's a gray, it's featureless world. <laughs> just a boring, non-ambidextrous snowboarder that only goes one way. Yeah. It's not good. No creativity. Non-ambidextrous, I should say. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and do some general house cleaning for bomb hole stuff. Now, I first want to say thank you so much to all of our Patreon members. We couldn't do this show without you, and we appreciate your support. Now, another way to show support for the bomb hole, if you do not want to become a Patreon member, is buying some merch. So this holiday, we got the Run Through a Wall Holiday Pack. So we got the brick. It's a three-pack of smelling salts. You get 30 salts total. Comes in some nice, clean packaging. We look like a real legitimate brand. We also have a new autumn run-through-a-wall beanie with the brick pattern on it. It is a hitter. You're going to want to get these before they're gone. It also comes with some run-through-a-wall stickers. So if you want to get that, it's a perfect gift for the holidays. little stocking stuffer, if you will. We also got another autumn beanie that just dropped. It's called the Repeater. It's really clean. It's going to sell out quick. And then, of course, we got our token Mud Dogs hoodie. We had a t-shirt. It sold really well, so we just made it into a hoodie. So all that stuff's available now at bombhole.com. And we appreciate you guys for listening. Okay. Uh, All right, let's change subjects here. We're going to get into a question from our Patreon member, Nate Robertson. He says, it seems like this year alone, there have been more videos coming out than in recent years, none of them exceeding over 20 minutes, except for, I might add, Brown Cinema is... Which isn't, I might add, out yet. That's a good point. In the past, crews would pull out full 45 to an hour videos. Why is it so hard for crews and brands to put together longer videos? It seems to me that longer form videos were able to stand the test of time longer and videos are, than videos coming out recently. Bertner, you got to take. Whew. Right to me, huh? Hot take. Yeah. You're, you're a token video. I mean, expert. all I've been thinking about is videos. <laughs> and so, like, um, there's a lot in that question, but I will say there's a metric shit ton of videos coming out right now. What are we calling it? Uh, I've been calling, well, there was that week that was video apocalypse. (laughs) 
That was right. The week leading up to Thanksgiving was psycho, dude. It was just like firing. I actually was texting Katie about it, just knowing that she's dealing with posting for slush. And yeah. just like, you must be going crazy right now because yeah, I think it was eight movies, big, pretty major movies. And that was just the surface. I'm sure there was more underneath, but like coming across the major media channels all in that five day window. Yeah. Video like, apocalypse. Video apocalypse. Yeah. How was that, Katie? It was, it's, I feel like it's still going on, kind of. Um, it was crazy. I mean, my inbox was insane. It's really hard to keep up. The appetite for someone sitting down for 45 minutes, I don't think is like as relevant as it were. People don't do it as much. But would that take away from like peop, everyone making 10-minute videos, 12-minute videos? Maybe, but everyone has a camera, so they can do it these days. As far as like the dropping of it goes, I wish... People dropped them earlier, I because or spread them out because it is a lot to intake in from like me posting them and whoever has to consume them. If they're just at home, like being like, there's five videos I have to watch tonight. Um, but it's really hard to keep up, and yeah. and they start losing their power. Yeah, yeah, I think they lose their power. Do a you bit. like to Good spread point. them out, Chris? You know, you know what I do. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Sometimes I just scrub to the ender. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. who's got ender? Let's. Go the, I got to get the cliff notes on this thing. Yeah, um, that's what I've done on some videos. But you know, I do think there's an attention span these days. You know, coming from our era of throwing a VHS or DVD in, you saddle up in front of the TV. Now you have TikTok, Instagram. You know, you got a five second attention span, and so a 10 minute video seems more palatable for the attention span of the the youth these days. Yeah, I guess going off, I have a question because I'm in a predicament all the time where I, and I have a cheat code. I like download the video to my computer and I watch it like speed times three. Wow, that <laughs> is a cheat code. I don't do it all the time, but if I'm like, I need to get a clip for this. Yeah. You're like, you're like Hermione Grangering all these videos. Like. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I'm like spelling them, but, uh. But so, so so basically all these media companies are getting the same video and they are po- you post a clip from it and those me- those media outlets are basically being like okay I got to post the best clip or whatever to get the views and the shares and the likes but it does that take away from someone watching the part like putting the ender clip on on a reel cuz you know it's going to go crazy or do you post the teasers to get people to watch it? And I always find that that is like a really tricky thing right now where it's like, it's do you leak the whole control. video? Do you like leak the whole video? It's sort of out of control right now. Like we don't really know, you know, like what to do with that. It's sort of, cause it is part of the, it is the video. The point of the video is to be on Instagram a lot of times. And so doing, having that like scrolling thing that the mag puts up, the media company is the goal. I, I will say though, it does work because I see, let's say like we're losers too. I see that like Haldor McTwist shifty clip and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go watch that. Like exactly. The, the yeah. banger, the the banger does bring you in. Yeah. You know, I agree with that. Yeah. And yeah. I would think that when you go to say like how well our video did those stats of like, you know, the teaser of just like, leaks of clips or not the full clip like don't do as well so but you, if you're like hey this one post got did really well to like lead up to it that's like part of the part of it but I, I'm always like contradicting myself where I'm like do I post this sick clip or do I post like 
something not as sick, but it won't get as much traction. So I've, and that, and then you're just competing with everybody else on like who who pulls the sickest clip from the from the video. I think if there's someone out there that was sitting on some serious fire that wanted to do it a little differently, they could change the paradigm with one great video that's just like no sneak attack, like in the right way, still across social media. And you have to go watch the full thing. I still think that that's special. And the right video done in the right way, you would still just be like, I got to go watch this, you know, like, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of video apocalypse, I think we should get into, um, you know, I just went through this morning on like what's at the top of the, at the top of the feed. And I know we're missing a bunch. Yeah. Um, so you know, we have. I'm just going to rifle through some here, and then we can sort Let's through do it after. It. So we got uh, short and sweet that Red and Ben just dropped. Uh, Rated R, obviously, timeless classic. Tour Gears Project. Uh, we got Get Buck with Sebe to Buck. Wild Game. Um, we can get into that. The Michigan Crew. Uh, Breaking Freeze got some bangers. Six Eight Six Vid, obvious classic. We got Bone Crusher. Sage's full part. Man Boys video. Four. Mike Liddell's single project. Then we got Impaler, Recycled Reality. There's some stuff to talk about there. We're Losers 2. Um, that, those are just like... And Mountain I know, Mountain. Yeah, Mountain Mountain. Exactly. Yeah, that's just like... The Book of Moron. Yeah, I actually did, I haven't seen that. I love that. Was it great? Yeah, I love it. I like it. Casino. Oh, ca- Casino. I don't even, I don't even during, have Casino. That was during your, video yeah, podcast. <laughs> yeah, Casino. Like, that's a major video. Good call. Yeah, I mean, good call, Louis. Yeah, so I have a couple notables that I that I want to get into. Um, the first one I think that would be insane is at the end of the Impaler video, uh, the Hardway Front Two Charlie Fol- uh, Folkert does. Did you guys have you seen that? The of last course, yeah. Dude, that thing was unbelievable. Lucy's claiming favorite street clip of the year or possibly ever. Wow. Yep. And he's like, I'll never know that guy's name because there's no name title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. He's like, I don't need to. Yeah, best clip ever. <laughs> well, it's one thing to hit a gap rail that's like ten feet long, and like, but you, to hit a huge gap rail and then have to slide like a full long distance after a hardway front two is a buck. Dude, the gap gods are on fire this year. Yeah, Latex Manch is a dude, gap guide. Was like gap god video, dude. <laughs> they were just like cranking the craziest gap tricks. Uh, what about uh, that latex mansion part? Amazing, yeah. Louis, did you watch that? I did. What'd you, what did you think of Jed's part, Louis? You know, honestly, when I watch rail parts, like obviously there's the hammers, but then there's the ones that just look like fun spots. So like the ledge that he had, that was kind of like the gap, and then he landed back down on the ledge on the other side. Like that to me, like the, I don't know if I could the do street, it. Street, like just the looks, little side of the street spot. Yeah, just in it, like it had yeah. like, it curved up, and then he gapped over, and then it had like a landing, and then he rode out of it. Like that to me just looks so fun. And then I realized that if he's putting it in his video part, it's probably really freaking hard. And I'm like, yeah, I couldn't do that. But it looks sick. Like, it made me hype to go try to find something like that. I just wish he would put in, like, a half-pipe clip because he is so good at snowboarding just in general. I mean, he won the Canadian Open back in the day. Don't ever forget that. So I just wanted him to add some of his other snowboarding because he's so good outside of, like, street rails. I love that about Spencer. Yeah, same. Yeah. I was going to say, I think they might have dropped the ball, in my opinion, on the ride video in the fact that Jed had powder clips, but they put them in a separate 
section. Yeah. I would have loved to see his powder clips sprinkled into the video part. I think it would have helped the overall part, just seeing a switchback five or whatever sprinkled in there. That, maybe what's not your, a 60 40, but like a. Yeah, not, maybe not a 60 40, but like a 90 10, 85 good 15. Ratio, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know. What, what's your take on that, Burner? On the getting the, the powder clips in the jit. Yeah, I mean, just snowboarding, throw it all in there. But however you want to bring it apart, bring it to life, your artistry, your edit, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm there for it. But, um, yeah, like Louis said, just love watching. Uh, and Pika said it, too. We, uh, she loves watching the vids with me. Just like, I like to see them snowboard. <coughs> and then it's funny sometimes when you see the guys that are so used to just pointing straight and hitting the feature and then finishing when they're out in, the, in a backcountry or resort setting. It's like... Sometimes you're like, whoa, looks like a little bit of fish out of water scenario. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, totally. But then they're still going to get the banger in the air. But like it's the moments between the air sometimes that are fun to see someone's personality come through on their board. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just little nitpicky things. But All right. We're going to take a quick break and talk about one of our sponsors, Pub Beer. Now, if you're looking for some cheap fun and you're of age, check out Pub Beer. Their motto is cheap fun beer so support a brand that supports the podcast and have a good time responsibly with some pub beer all right we're going to talk about union we got an exciting giveaway we're giving away a pair of union forces now if you're listening and you want some union forces we got any size you want we're going to pick a winner just comment on the thumbnail photo on instagram for this episode of group chat comment why you could use a new pair of bindings it could be funny. It could be creative. We'll pick a winner, and we'll send you some bindings. A couple things about Union. I ride them. I trust them. I love them. I've always loved the way they look. The ratchets are buttery smooth. I ride the Union Force, and it's been in the collection for almost 20 years, and it's trusted by more professional snowboarders than any binding on the market. And you see Travis Rice out there. You see Jamie Anderson rocking it, the best in the biz, and it's good for top pros all the way down to beginners. We're talking unions are great for all ability levels. So if you're interested in getting a pair, check out unionbindingcompany.com or your local snowboard shop. Another thing to talk about in regards to videos, I've noticed, A, they do longer run-in rideouts. Like, you know, back in the day, think, think, clip, 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 clip. Now you do see that. And, and then going back to Jed's part, I don't know if there's too many people that look as right on a snowboard as Jed. Like when you watch him, he does that like back lip around the corner and he comes in and then he does like a, like kind of like a switch nose press on the snow, but he just, it just looks natural. It just looks like he's supposed to be on a snowboard. And I love that when you see those people that just look right on a snowboard. Mike, like, Mike Little. Yeah. Good, good call. <laughs> looks like when he, when he's going towards the, the rail. It's like I have zero question that he's going to make it to the end. It's going to look amazing. It's like I have he has so much confidence in his riding that I just have total confidence in him. You know, and it's fun to watch Jed, obviously. Yep. Is that. Jed, you got Tommy. Jill's got that. See, I think Dusty has that. Dusty has that. Just because he's one of those people, too, that like even if he screws up, he'll still make it look dope. He'll still stomp it, and you're like, were you trying these? Like, no, I totally clipped here or something. And it's just when you watch him ride, he's another one. You're just like, I just wish I could cruise on my snowboard like that, let alone not do the tricks. He's got rad cruising. Yeah. Just watching him ride 
a groomer run, like you're just like, yes, yeah, <laughs> like I just want to see that guy on a board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Haley Langland comes to mind. She looks right on a snowboard, and then Red, Red just looks right on a snow. Like he, you can throw him off a jump. He can get bucked in any different direction, like squirm his way back to it. Um, okay, then uh, so that that's short and sweet. I just Red's name just came up with that. Rated R. We kind of breezed over Tor Gear. Has that project for Monster that just came out that was really sick. Really good chicanes. Sebe de Buck. Did you guys see Get Buck yet? Have you guys watched that? Yes. Yeah, I have. I haven't seen Get Buck. Back five, no grab, Chad's gap. Tell me you didn't like that. Like, that's. He's really good. I like the uh, mid video fashion shoot. Oh, you're feeling that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're very Euro. Yeah, I like the Antwerp section. That was, that was my favorite <laughs> section. No, I loved. Okay. He's amazing. I loved the back seven hand drag in Japan. So to me, I think that's NBD for like looking for like a sort of creative trick, you know, like a Miller flip, but he does it on the pillow, but he goes back seven melon and just lets the hand drag. Yeah. That was amazing. For a tall guy, he makes it look good. And then we got Wild Game, Never Summer Crew, um, the Sam Klein. Clackamas County, drop, 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 or as the French Canadians <laughs> would call it, the drop, drop, drop rail. <laughs> that thing was unbelievable. Yeah, he's 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 a he can do seemingly anything on out there in the streets. Who else is doing? Yeah, none of us would do that. Nobody would do that. Do you know? There's nobody would do that. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like yeah, he's like a breezy. Andy Finch. <laughs> that was for you, Louis. Yeah. <laughs> both of them. Which sta- what stance are both of those? Breezy's regular, Finch is goofy. Nice one. <laughs> I love that. Sam Klein? Goofy. Wow. Okay. But, uh, like, yeah, that video was fun. It just looked like, I don't want to be positive about everything, guys, but I did find a lot of positivity in most of the videos we're talking about, you know? Yeah. And, like, the uh, Sam Klein, like, that whole crew, they're just raw. It just, it looks like <laughs> what it was. It looks like a, a small group of friends making their own video, and then, like, you add someone, like, him in the mix that's such a wild card so off broadway as far as like cool guy snowboarding goes mm-hmm. i love those off broadway takes you know mm-hmm. like just like here you go like this is psycho well said yeah well <laughs> said and then you got uh iris fam shuts it down with the ender she'll be in i feel like she'll be in contention for some type of awards for breaking the year yeah, yeah i'd that, say that well, you heard yeah. it here first wow yeah <laughs> i have no pull in that <laughs> none at all um I'm but yeah I, when we say all these videos it's like no, what do we what are the top contenders like who footage of the year movie of the year now we have two like short form long form medium form and they're all dropping at the same time so you're just meshing them all together in your head and it's yeah it's a lot to think about it's and the amount of content skateboarding drops yeah crammed down into three months I think just about imagine like how you if you're tuning yeah. into skating and you're on Thrasher and something comes out like every day it feels crazy. I feel like ours is like that, but like squished down. Like it's it's not, and it's also subjective too because they all meet. They're all these videos are so different and so good. Everyone's so good at snowboarding these days. It's everyone that puts things out. They're always just like progressing the sport in whatever field they're doing it in. So it is a very subjective like thought process where you're like, who does have footage of the year? Maybe for someone it's this, but I mean, it is obviously voted by the people, but even coming up with the five top people is hard. You got, let's talk roadie picks. 
Let's get, let's get, I'll get in there. I'll just get in there. I'll open up this can of worms. Okay. I mean, I feel like Latex Mansion, a.k.a. Jed, with that, like, timeless ender, he's got to be high in contention. It's just, it's the ender that you we grew up on, the timeless ender, the the one that shuts the video down. It's got the bang, the bangers. Um, obviously, street heavy, so one could argue that. But in terms of street snowboarding, it's got to be, you know, creme de la creme. And then when I, I think of female, you know, Zoe is just been a dominant force, you know, powder, you know, park doesn't matter. And she goes to troll and rides with the dogs, which is like, she doesn't put herself in that elite category of like being better than anybody. She's just like, so I don't know. Those are my two picks are pretty obvious, but, uh, Jill's name's obviously got to be in there. Yeah, And then there is the footage of the year, which we do like, you know, you could look at a Jed as maybe like putting out a video that resonates with people that like videos. And then it's, Rider, I think of like Travis Rice or Tor Torgier was like you know more like holistic snowboarding maybe Rider of the Year or like or more accolades I would say like won this done that like Zoe is hard to compete with for Rider of the Year like she wins everything supposedly does some crazy clips that are coming out soon so that, I like that we have footage of the year because the riders that do stand out in that really put time into getting the clips like. Maybe they're not traveling to all the contests because they're chasing the snow to like find something creative. So I'm happy that they have that category. Yeah, I love it. Well, I got a question for for the you video connoisseurs for Casino. That was really one of the few I feel like you see nowadays that has kind of the storyline. I see Resistance, one of my all time favorites. All the Grenade movies. Do you guys like that, or is that like just get me to the writing? I don't care about the quote unquote acting part of it. I love it. I like it too. But I wouldn't have done it that way. But it's not my movie. But I love. I was it. just wondering. You know, you said you didn't want to be positive on everything, so I wanted to get your opinion. Yeah. No. I mean, I like would. You know, I would have. Why not do it more like a grenade thing and spread it out? It's but throughout the movie and make it a cohesive. Make it the movie. Oh, you're saying the intro skits being cohesive, not just the intro of the movie. Like was, every yeah. part has an intro. I, mean, I like I, that too. I get it. They, you know, like okay, we did this. Now we do that. But it was so separate for me as a filmmaker. I would not have done it that way. That's the way they did it. Respect. They made it. They did a beautiful job on that skit. Obviously, mm-hmm. like filming and just everything. And See, everyone was there, so it was rad. You know, like. It was rad when Mickles in the trunk, and you get to see Sage. It just like, it just rad to see everyone in one place, which is really special for a big crew movie like that. Yeah, absolutely. Sage yeah. Sage looks insane in that intro, ridiculous. But I think that you know my take on that would be I love the intros, I love the skits. What what I almost see as an issue, I, I like anything that is different than. The norm, something that's conceptualized, some you know what I see is a lot of people have taken like the Tanner Pendleton blueprint and just like carbon copy, carbon copy, carbon copy, yeah. And you see like this carbon copy street video of just like everybody copying each other. And so for me, when I see a lot of those, I'm like, okay, they're doing it the same way, and it's a great formula, but it's like refreshing to see a casino for example or something like that but i think we need it all i think we need it all yeah i mean like book of moron for example (laughs) pretty small movie like but i like it has some carryover with impaler yeah some shared footage there but like they have like this whole book of mormon theme book of moron and there's these quotes that go throughout the movie just on a black screen that are like rewritten bible quotes that apply to snowboarding 
And that's like a theme, and it just carries through the whole movie. It's so easy, and it's beautiful, you know? So, like, I like, you know, I love that people, I love it when people try things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, we, we obviously got to talk about 686. I mean, it's a masterpiece, street heavy, but the Colton-Tommy combo um, obviously slaps. Uh, Forrest, the sea ledge, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. The Riley's switchback lip, Tommy's footage, Dara, it's, it's a great flick. Yeah. Vibe, music, just a pure... A pure statement. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. I've watched it a few times. I guess I, if you watch it a few times, it's probably pretty good. Yeah. Since another one's coming out two minutes later. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That was a, that and, was watched normal speed for sure. That, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah, that was watched yeah, normal not speed. Like I, I go to all the premieres too. Oh yeah. I think that when when we talk about the length of the videos too, if most of these bigger projects, they're like, oh, we're gonna do a premiere tour. And we're going to expect a bunch of drunk people to sit down for an hour and a half to watch this movie. They're, they're just going to get up. They probably won't remember it. So maybe that has to do with the length. Maybe, yeah. But, I, I mean, what was that, 12 minutes, 686? Yeah, it's short and sweet. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was good. You know what I like? No filler. Yeah. There's no bullshit in there. It's all, everything in there is great. All killer, no filler. You know what I like? Context for your tricks. Like... Here we are. I'm going to create a little bit of context about who these people are, like where it shows the crew together, like the beginning of the Impaler. They're on a quarter pipe. It looks like a pretty, it's just like a session, like boarding. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, they look like they're having a blast. Some of the tricks are A grade, some of the tricks are B grade. They're all A grade for me. But, and it's like, here's a little context about who these people are. They're a crew, they love to snowboard. Now I'm ready to take their crazy ass tricks into my heart, you know? Like don't just beat me over the head necessarily. Like Yeah, buy uh, me dinner first. Buy me dinner, yeah, and bring like me that. to a nice sweet little meadow, lay <laughs> a blanket out, get the picnic basket out, open it up, and inside of it is this like this sledgehammer mm. street footage. Yeah, I guess I guess it's like all of a like when you're a transfer of like emotion it, it is what a video is. Or like it, most things that you're trying to get people to be into and I guess whatever that emotion that you, that whatever video you're trying to get like 686 the emotion of like support of your friends doing crazy things I kind of felt where they were like filming each other and and like and I I think there's ways to do that like in snowboarding that aren't so like obvious like you, you know hugging after a feature or something just like because <laughs> it happens naturally and I think so the filmmaker is a huge part of this whole entire like recipe of like how do they how do you capture that without being so upfront about it and like making a skit of of your friends like yeah holding hands or whatever so i think that's important the, the filmmaker is probably more important than the writing at everyone's so good you could take the same footage of like tommy and give it to a totally different filmmaker and it wouldn't have that same feel you oh know my like God, it's yeah. like colton has is is the master of making you like like filmed perfectly Perfect follow cams, right blend of tricks, right blend of spots. Like it's, it's a master. Follow cams were mastery in there. Yeah, that's two two Jedi's. There were, I guess, four five (laughs) Jedi's working together, and then we have thirty two Bone Crusher, which we're going to talk about more in a couple weeks. We got all those guys coming in studio, so we'll save that. Sage dropped a full part on his YouTube channel. 
a lot of sprinkled in footage and other projects. Really good. Then we got uh, Man Boys and Four, which we dropped on our channel. Some bangers in there. I want to get into uh, Melters Three Henna. Henna's a G. I'm a, I'm a huge Henna fan. Same. She's so down to earth, and so I, I just like to meet people outside of their snowboarding, and then it kind of like all makes sense. Like Zoe's a good example. Henna's another example where super cool, down to earth, funny, and then you see her do these like insane board slides through triple kinks, and it still has that same like personality. And it's just it's cool to see how how like good she's getting. I feel like so many people are getting so good. And Henna's like definitely one of those people. And she, I gotta just shout out Henna. <laughs> As somebody that is like totally taking like her opportunities and bringing up her community is always like super professional. Like hitting, I can't spell Finnish names on <laughs> social media and she knows that. So she like spells them all out for me, gives me like context to every video for crews that she's not even a part of, just like knows that we know each other and like takes takes the time to like reach out and give me all the information I need, which shout out to anyone that does that anyway, <laughs> that, you know, just makes it really easy for me to just drag and drop those, that, that, those pieces of information and not have to like go on Instagram and find these crazy handles. Um, <laughs> which handles is another thing. <laughs> that's, that's, a whole a, other that's a whole other thing. If I can't find your name, cause it's something like crazy. Then I, I don't know what else I can do, <laughs> but that that's not. There's to a do. whole psychology behind that that we could get into. Yeah, it's. Uh, but yeah, Henna. Not only I think that like you know it's even cooler to see her snowboard for herself, but everything she's doing for like the younger girls in Finland and is really important. And those little communities when they have someone like Henna, that's how they're going to get you know to the next level. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, and she, what is she on? She was in beyond metals too. Yep. And she, I saw she's got a monster scratch recently. So I did see that. that. Yeah. She's got an energy drink deal. That's awesome. Um, couple enough speaking of, you know, female absolute rippers, uh, we are losers too. Hundy. Um, Loved her the part. vibe, the vibe is so good in that. Like the vibes insane. That is that. one. That is like one of the best vibes of a video part of the year of the past couple of years. Like really good. They they really managed to to get away from like the second and third part, like natural fall down of a movie. You know, because mm-hmm. they hit us so hard with Haldor, and you just don't know. You didn't know you were gonna get full Haldor. And you got full Haldor, and it was like, oh, thank you, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they, yeah, then Hundi, who I'd never even heard of. My bad, but she's, she's sick, super fun. You know her, or yeah. You, she works for Charles at Stomping Grounds, so she's so way premiered Casino in the Lobster movie there because she works on Park Staff for Charles, and so it was cool to actually see her do her thing and like respect, yeah. Yeah, she came to the World Quarter. She was in Mammoth. That's when I first met her. And she won the Best Time Award. Nice. Very prestigious. <laughs> yeah, so she was just going full speed towards the, the big Mammoth wall, which not a lot of people are doing. And uh, she, maybe it's like something in the European water over there. They're stoked all the time, and I just want to be around them. So when I see them snowboarding, that's the emotion I feel. I'm like, oh, I want to go with Hundy on a street trip now. Um, but yeah, she killed it. And all these people, like Hundy is someone, no one's really known of them before. And it's cool to see people put in time, like not only filming, but then they go to the events and they like want to be part of the the community bigger picture. 
So I, I would, I might put her on the rookie of the year. And absolutely, book. I Got feel it. like that lobster and beyond medals are two crews too. That if you're a female and you're with them, a you can put up with a lot of stuff. But that's like an instant stamp because those are like some pretty heavy crews, but also like what you put up with the riding that you do, everything all together. Like if they have, if you have their respect, then you should get the respect from majority of snowboarding in my eyes. That's oh, rad. Yeah, those vid, I mean, that vid, those guys go hard. Everybody gotta, in the whole vid. We got to mention that Yuho kid because he was another one that hit me over the head I'd never heard of. He banged you over the head? Dude, that like Terrier double back, the the subject Hawkinson flip to, to second backflip. And just his whole thing, the cab cork double stiffy, like his whole thing. Oh, I know he which one you're talking about. such a wild card, and I was just like, yes, like, yeah, that movie. I watched that movie twice as well, so. Yeah, that, that was a good one, and it was the fact that, like, they made a second one, and Haldor is seemingly back. I mean, his X Games appearance was pretty iconic. That was hilarious. All right, we're going to change gears here and take a call from Zeb Powell. We also have a call from Ryan McDermott later. We got a check-in from Peter Line. We got a bunch more stuff in the show. But right now on the line, we got Zebalon Powell. Zeb, how you doing? What's happening? Yo, I'm doing great, Chris. We're out here at Troll right now reporting live. Just hit an insane jump session with my boy Luke Winkleman. And, yeah, we got the team out here. We're having a blast. What was going down on the jump? What were you guys serving up? Uh, yeah. You know, um, what is it, Valhalla? That jump by the very end of the park. We're jumping into that hip. And, like, jumping into the side of the jump. It's so much fun right now. The hit sun's in there perfect. It's going crazy. Damn, who's your, who's your crew out in uh, Troll? Uh, we got Alex Kakama with me. We got Luke Winkleman, Grace Warner, Holy B. Um, J-Mo's out here too. Colt, Green Bean. It's, it's a pretty heavy squad. It's heavy hitters. So yeah. Damn, Zeb. Well, that's incredible. So uh, I yeah. want to talk about you, what you've been got going on lately as far as being a DJ. I heard DJ Zebulon's been kind of chopping it up these days. Dude. It's been a blast. Um, yeah, I don't know. Last year, we just had so much fun with our our homies who are getting into snowboard and DJ. And um, I've just been having this year for music lately. So, all I, I mean, all I do is play music on my speakers 24-7. It gets annoying probably. But, yeah. So, my friends are just like, yo, you should start DJing. So, I got this mini little controller that, like, is packable into a backpack. So, I've just been running around with it everywhere and it's been so much fun playing like in the gondolas like in the lift lines like next to the car it's just been so fun amazing and you got it with you right now uh it's in the car i've been kind of waiting to bust it out but it's so far from the the rope and the rope has been going off so but i gotta get a set going yeah, you got to serve up a set on the rope, get it going. So I, I know earlier we were talking yesterday off air, and uh, you were mentioning how much you're a big fan of uh, the Instagram page, Jibbing's Not Dead. I'd love for, to hear you elaborate <laughs> on that. Dude, it's just so funny. It reminds me of like high school. I swear, like, or like middle school, there was always homies. You never knew who, but they were starting these like bullshit accounts, just talking shit on everyone, <laughs> like coming for everyone's throats, like at school. And I was like, who, who is this? Like, what's going on? And I don't know. 
I always thought that shit was funny. I never take it so seriously. Like, there's some always getting mad. There's some always laughing at them. But I think it's just funny. Cause at the end of the day, we all all laugh at ourselves about snowboarding. And I don't think it should be taken that seriously. You know, what you, what's your, what's your take on it? I know Bertner's got a take. Well, I'm just wondering if any of, if has Zeb showed up on it? Have yeah? Have you been uh, have you been on there? I have not showed up on it, but I have I've gotten the follow. So I Ooh. think that, that's pretty sick. Yeah, that's maybe he's, that's he's keeping an eye out, watching for watching for a fuck up. You know, kind of reminds me of change that vape a little bit. It is. Do you think Justin Myers? But you know, there's a lot of speculation on who's behind it. I really? Know. Yeah, I would love to know. I mean, they're always commenting on slash. Some of the things, you know, annoy me, but I have to, you know, separate myself from the... But I heard that some people have, like, tried to, like, log in to the, the account and to, like, get, like, the email address. Like, any information, they've only gotten the last couple digits of whoever's number this is. <laughs> but I'm think I, I hit them up, like, over a comment. I was like, should we do an interview, like, an anonymous interview? And then that, that way I would know, at least... Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> if they did the voice like they do in like uh, crime documentaries where they like modulate the voice, you guys should do that. That would be amazing. Oh, that Jimmy's would be not amazing. dead. Voice modulation, so you still have no idea who it is. I, my take is the same as yours, <laughs> Zebulon. Is like, you know, snow. Like I think it's a sign of a healthy industry when we got people out there chirping about stairs and really harmless stuff for the for the you know the reality of it is it's pretty fucking harmless and. Let's be honest. It's snowboarding. We don't need to take ourselves so fucking seriously. We're sliding down a rail on a piece of wood, but I love how he's just out there just chirping. Or, or I don't know if it's a he. I shouldn't. I shouldn't uh, speculate. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's good for the industry. I'd say. Yeah, I love it. I mean, shit. He can come for me. I don't really care. I need. <laughs> I, I need to be. I need to be chirped at a little bit. I got some, <laughs> I got some whack clips out there. You know. <laughs> well, what's the Everyone what's like knows. the worldview of this account? Like, if you had polarizing, to, like, I'd say it's polarizing. People, some people love it, some people are angry about it. That's that's my temperature check on. Like, it. is he like? It's got the homies up in smoke. Yeah, up in smoke. Like he's like I've, jibbing. I've been in some holes with with jibbing. Like is, jibbing's is not dead. Wha- like it's. No, like what? snow on the stairs, big problem. That's like a you, big that's problem. A, that's, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> it's kind of the beaver so slap. Snow, snow on the Jimmy's stairs, dead. huge problem, okay. which is hilarious. Take, <laughs> yeah, you know, and and it's like he's the hill he's gonna die on is snow on the on okay. the stairs, which yeah. is like it's a great fucking take. It's yeah, a yeah, great take. Basically, so he's funny. basically his angle. Their angle is that uh, progression in snow in street snowboarding has like halted, like it's like stopped. Okay, yeah, that's what Big, I'm wondering. This person's a big fan of female snowboarding. That's a lot of what they're commenting. Like, you want to see progression? Don't watch this. Watch Jill Perkins' part. So whoever there is is seeing progression in women's snowboarding, but they're not a fan of the progression in men's street snowboarding. Is it harsher than harsher than what Yobi used to do? Can we get a homies cooked on Yobi? Yeah, let's just throw the homies cooked drop in there real quick. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a throwback reference. Honestly, Yobi's so old, I don't. Even, I can almost hard hard to recall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, oh, I've mean, been on Yobi a few times, so that's why I did. That a, dates you. That dates I, you. Yeah, I did a drug test one with Stan back in the day. I was in like the contest jock thing. Even Sage was in that. Back. I mean, I had a few appearances. That's why I can relate to this. It's like, yeah, I don't know if it's similar, but yeah. obviously mine's way too old. I mean, I guess a new take on that sort of same spirit, just poking around at the fun little cultural 
nooks and crannies of snowboarding, trying to get a rise out of people. Kind of brings people down to the down to earth a little bit, like yeah, make them down a couple <laughs> pegs. When you make fun of their what they're doing, it's like, oh, I, re- I really am just jumping on this thing, and I'm not doing heart surgery or anything. I should probably chill. All right, Zebulon, <laughs> what's the plan this winter? You are uh, a hot commodity these days. Are are we talking video part? Are we gonna we got the slide in tour? What's going on on Planet Zebulon? Oh my gosh, Matt, Planet Zebulon is spinning so fast. <laughs> I, I don't know which way to go. <laughs> I'm having a blast with everything. I don't know. I, I really just love going up the mountains and just, just having fun with the kids and, I don't know, just, just doing me. But also, do the thought of the street part, just, I just keep, like, putting on songs and, like, damn, this would be so sick to do a street part. So, it would be sick to do a street part. I got I got a few people knocking on the door. So, um, I, don't, I don't know. I think we're going to we're gonna get into the season and see what's see what's popping. Do a little bit of everything. Maybe maybe lean into a little street part this year. How are the Midwest Zeb fans? Are you getting some people that are hyped to meet you out there? Yeah, this just <laughs> I just like hop on the rope and people are like, no fucking way, that's Zeb right there. Like <laughs> So sick, dude. <laughs> that's cooked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a that's cooked this morning. I was sick. Okay. Maybe it was fried. I don't know. It was you, funny. Well, we're gonna go ride next week in uh, Mammoth. It should be a good time, dude. Yeah, got the annual Mammoth trip. All right. Well, we got a bunch of stuff to cover. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this thing up, Zeb? What do you got for us? Oh, um, I'm just have to whip the limo to the pop out um, in a few weeks. Oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah, word has it we're getting the limo for the pop out that me and Alex Kakamo are doing in Park City. So, thank you for letting us do that. Yeah, I, I know a guy. We can get you dialed in. We'll get you taken care of. Oh, let's go. Oh, let's <laughs> All right. Go. All right, Zeb. Thanks for calling and chatting. Uh, get back to snowboarding. Tell Winkleman to do a tail press back three for me. Oh, yeah. I didn't tell him last time. I'll do it this time. All right. <laughs> thanks, Zeb. Right. Appreciate it. Thanks for you. having me, Chris. See yep. you guys. Bye, Zeb. Later. Peace. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk about one of our sponsors. We love them here at the Bomb Hole. That's Bubs Naturals. Now, we always talk about their collagen. It's great for your joints. It's great for your skin. It's great for your hair. It's great for your nails. And if you're getting older and you want to take good care of your body, it's great to throw some collagen in a shake and keep getting out there and getting after it. Now, I want to talk to you guys about their Bubs Natural Brew. It's a coffee. It's delicious. It's USDA organic. Mold free, it's whole 30 approved. And one thing that's great about Bubs is 10% of all of their proceeds go to charity. So be sure to support a good cause by supporting Bubs. You can find their products at bubsnaturals.com. Use promo code BOMBHOLE for 20% off. All right, here at the BOMBHOLE, we love Woodward Park City. Great place to go snowboarding. It's about 15 minutes from SLC, and they're open 365 days a year with twilight lift access for snowboarding, which is great for the old after-work, after-school people that still want to get it in. Access to Woodward Park City is available through lift tickets with full-day lift access starting at $40, which is totally affordable. And new for this season, Woodward's Mountain Park memberships come with no monthly commitment. That's $119 a month of unlimited outdoor riding. If you ride for two days and the membership pays for itself. You can also get the all-access membership for unlimited indoor hub and mountain park access, but that is a four-month commitment. 
Woodward Park City is the ultimate training facility with trampolines, foam pits, and airbags with the best coaching staff in the business, all designed for progression. It's also one of Salt Lake City's only indoor heated concrete skate parks. We love that you can skate year-round up at Woodward. It's just a good place to have fun with your friends. It's as simple as that. All right, we're coming back at you. I think we're all, we're all going to hit a smelling salt, run through a wall smelling salt to get back in. Here we go. Cue the nose flute. <sighs> Got to get ready. Prepare. <coughs> Kelly Clarkson. <sighs> what stance? Uh, Kelly Clarkson? Kelly Clark. <laughs> oh, Kelly Clark is regular. <laughs> I don't know Kelly Clarkson. What stance I heard she she's goofy, actually. Yeah, that makes sense. But she skates... She skates regular, but she fingerboards goofy, too. Uh, she skates Bart, I think. Yeah, she skates Bart Simpson. Yeah. Okay. Oh. All right, uh, this is a good one. This is from Sean Lucy. Let's give Sean, let's give Sean Lucy a, Should we give him a homie's cooked? He's, yeah, homie's so cooked. <laughs> okay, that's for Luce. Shout out, Luce. I want to hear, off top, everyone's favorite street clip and pow clip of the year so far. Uh, and if you guys don't got answers, I got one. Street clip, shout out one of my good friends, Jill Perkins, that uh, down flat, down flat, down flat. Her ender? Uh, not the ender. The 50-50. Oh, yeah. I guess because the front two is the ender? Yeah, so it's I guess the clip so. before she the has ender? like three enders. But, yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, that clip's banger. Pow clip? I really like Red's like mega cliff that he turned into a jump back that 10? session he did yeah back 10 did the three before yeah i guess is that is that what would you consider a pow clip just like just in the back country yes okay that answers the yes back country answer that one fast. i'm not ready okay louie you got anything forest bailey the sea ledge that thing was nuts yeah and he's just good so answer. good he's like a wizard um pow uh kevin backstrom which one? About it, the uh, the shifty front three shifty tail. I was gonna do that one. I know. I, I he stole that. he stole it from me. That's bullshit. All right, I'm ready. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, jib clip, Mike Little, switch nose slide pretzel on that kink rail. Just thought that was the best you could do that. Perfect technique. And um, there's so many good ones though, but pow is easy. Travis Rice Ender. The triple line, that was next level, a, the side of snowboarding that has been, we've been pushing for decades and decades since Subject Hawkinson. That was another step up in bringing like a slope style line to life in a natural backcountry setting. No, yeah. Ro- rider of the year. <clears throat> I've heard a few rider of the year uh, call outs for Travis Rice, which can't really argue that. Back rodeo. Cab three, cab nine. Mm, beauty. Okay, uh, I got, I mean, I'm going to do one just favorite clip of the year is Cole Solner in AC9 lighting himself on fire and going into the river. To, oh, me, that to me, that's just like, that's the cream of the crop. That's the top of the totem pole. That that one just kind of gets me gets me excited to go snowboard. Like the homie, I don't know if his, his pants were flame retardant. It seems like he just kind of went for it. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of rail clips, I got to go... I think I'm going to go Riley Nickerson switchback lip sea ledge where he just dove into the inside of that it's amazing. thing. Amazing. I think that's my favorite street clip of the year. Uh, Backcountry, mm, 
I think I'm going to go back five, Chad's gap, no grab. Back five, no grab, Chad's gap. Um, Sebi to buck. Big, but like gnarly, doesn't move. Awesome. Okay. Getting all right. bug. All right. So this, we got a fun section of the show here we're going to get into. Um, essentially, we got a, uh, Silk, how would you describe this? An angry email from Disgruntled, a listener? Disgruntled email maybe? from a listener. So we figured there's only really one way to handle this situation. And what we landed on was um, we're going to read the email and make it into a song. So we have here um, a disgruntled email from a listener named Sadie. Okay, here we go. All right, this track goes out to Sadie, a very disgruntled listener. Want to let you know we see you, we hear you, and we got a track for you. The title of the email reads, Okay, let's hit it. Would a kiss-ass softball interview You all should be ashamed It's fucked up how much you kissed her ass <laughs> Right there, ask tough questions And you all get free burden boards At the end of the pod, question mark <laughs> Go run through a brick wall, fucking losers. <laughs> That's the plan. Go run through a brick wall, fucking losers. Go run through a brick wall, losers. Some excuse typos, please. <laughs> no, it did not say that. It did. It did at the end. Yeah. It's on the screen for everyone listening, yep. but. Yeah, Silk uh, pro- Silk produced that. that so. was amazing, yeah. Silk. Wow, Silk, that was that beautiful. Was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that uh, was that was Silk a very disgruntled on, and Silk not days much. On Spotify and Apple Music and everything. Yeah, continue. Silk days on Spotify. Yeah, check the Z. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. They're yeah. cool. You should they change. Cool. You should change your like album cover to the dog with a haircut. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and done. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I thought the real I thought it was a pretty good email all in all, but the why don't you go run through a brick wall, you fucking losers? I thought that was just the that was perfect. That yeah. was just a great. That was like yep, and and then excuse typos, please send. We yep, we got it. Boom, <laughs> yeah, we got it. We covered everything we needed to. I just love the the circle back to just be like, and eh, sorry about the typos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, fuck you guys. Hey, sorry about the typos. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's a conflicted soul there. Yeah, we get a lot of angry emails, so I think it's a good way to handle. Them. Yeah. Okay, we got another question from uh, this one's from Dowell Jamie, I believe on IG or maybe Patreon. Not sure. Jed or Gesme must choose one. No veto. No, why no veto? We'll get into that. We'll get into that. No, we'll get into that after this. Am I supposed to answer? Yeah, first? go ahead. Well, it's tough because I've known Jed since he was a little little kid back in our forum days. And Tommy's, I'm like newer to, but uh, I like him. And Grundy's is always kind of. Grundy said that he kind of backed me, which was a surprise coming from a core rider. So I got mad respect for him too. So it's tough for me to decide between the long term or you know the new respect that I got and somebody who's super sick. So come back to me. Wow, 
Katie? Yeah, Katie. So you just you Louis, yeah. Louis, Louis vetoed it. Yeah, he gave, yeah. A, he gave a perfect. He yeah. gave a perfect. I had it go, going yeah. to it until you called me out, Jesse. You let that one slide too. He's like, all right, all right. Cool. All right what, what do we got? I'm gonna have to think about the angle on this because what am I judging them off of? What's the bevel here? Overall I, impression. Overall impression. I mean, I like. I would pick Tommy. I've partied with him more. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, yeah, no veto. I guess I would go with Tommy. I also, I, I find that I am more like drawn when you when all your friends are snowboarding. It's like, you know, you're get really hyped if you if you have if it's your friend versus not that Jed isn't my friend. I just haven't spent a lot of time with him. So when I see like my friend like Tommy put out a part, I'm, I'm just like a little bit more drawn to it. So well, I'm just wondering why you hate Jed so much though. Yeah. What's up yeah, with that? Yeah, what's up with weird. that? Yeah, you have a personal it, you know? Let's dig into this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way you can be that good. And <laughs> the answer is, says it all right yeah, there. Yeah. Just squirming around there. It's really uh, squirming. I would take either of them. So that's a Louis Vito. On a date. <laughs> <laughs> Late. Uh, what do you got? What do you got? Jed. Jed. Okay. Any explanation? Um, just... Uh, he put that he wanted to film a think tank in his checkout. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that's a, that's yeah, that's a case closed. And he's just Jed, dude. Yeah. I mean, Jed. Oh, yeah. Jed's Jed. So Tommy's Tommy. So, so I'm going Jed. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So, so Tommy's my guy. Yeah. Jed, also my guy. Okay. They're, they're, You're in a real pickle. I'm in a pickle here. Now, now day in and day out, is in, on just a style perspective, Tommy's my Tommy's my favorite. He's my favorite. Yeah. However, this year particularly, Jed like doing that like lifetime achievement award ender where you just get he kind of filmed his opus, you know, like his he you know, he had the part this year. So this year, this point in time with all the work that Latex Mansion put in, I got to go I got to go Latex um you know, that's that's my final answer. So, Silk, you got to take Mm, I'm gonna go Jed. Okay, that was a really tough one. Yeah, yeah that's a that hard I never hitting. Answered. That's a hard hitting. I like it. All right, so we got all kinds of other stuff to talk about here. We got a call again with Ryan McDermott in a little bit. We're gonna hit him up. Oh yeah, so we didn't really talk about um, Louis Vito. The answer it became a thing. So to <laughs> provide a little bit of context, when we had Louis on, he was one of our first guests, and we were asking about how much money he made, and he just brilliantly. <laughs> could flip the question on its head and never answer it, and we didn't even know what we were talking about. So <laughs> it was the art of the media training. <laughs> so we we actually have a question from Daniel Jensen for Louie here, and he says, can you give us a media training tutorial? So I could kind of ask you a question, and you could kind of maybe you could show us how to flip it on its head. Yeah, I can try. Okay. It was one of those that I don't do intentionally. It just kind of works out, so let's see. <laughs> So, Louie, how much money did you make during Dancing with the Stars? Uh, you know, <laughs> I did pretty well. It's, you got to think it's an amount that everybody makes. So whether you're Kelly Osborne or somebody like me that didn't have a name or the followers, granted it was when t- only there was Twitter, but um, and then at every two weeks it would go up. So you got paid X amount, X amount, go up. And then you got paid as like when you signed, when you got kicked off, when you did the finale. But it's it was enough for when to get everybody to do it, and not like there's no negotiations on it. For, so for me, I was hyped because I wasn't a big celebrity. So I'm curious, what is the exact amount that we're talking about? <laughs> or what if we give him a little bit of like? Okay, a, go a, ahead. Yeah, a parachute here. A parachute. Okay. And I put a down payment on a. 
Man, I don't. I have. I've been in the same house that I've owned since 2006. <laughs> so Damn, he's good. I only have one house. Uh, and I was I able. A, to I got buy Toyota a cars, so I don't. I don't even pay for a car. Uh, but it was good. And I'm gonna retire at the age of. I mean, I could have already retired. I just do it. Yeah, there. That's really that. You didn't really Louis Vito that. That's kind of. I could have already retired. Is honestly like the most. I think we actually have a lot of questions around you. Have Have people brought up the Louis Vitoing the answer to you? Yeah, I get a lot of people too that are like, "Oh, the bomb hole mentioned you." I'm like, "Oh, what they say about me?" They're like, "Oh, they just said that that person Louis Vitoed the answer." And I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of hoping they're like maybe like said something about good about me." But I'll take that. Maybe too. my snowboarding. <laughs> nah, I, I'm always a better talker. My two passions talking and snowboarding and i'm better at talking so not at, not after that front 12 in, in sauce bay brother Whew. yeah but i feel like that's cooler though because of how old i am so like i mean it's going to be a pretty soon when you see young kids doing that and i'm like oh man i was thought i was cool doing that at 30 gosh i'm 35 now but yeah thank you i appreciate that yeah. what yeah. age do you think you'll be able to do a front uh double cork in the pipe till you think you'll be able to do one at age 50 i mean i would think so just because I think uh, I've done so many uh, back in what the 2009, and you got to think that's like a I can I've literally had a day where I did straight air, straight air, straight air, straight air, front double ten, like you know, no no other trick, not even a 360. Um, so that's why when I fall, I get really mad on it because it's like my safest trick. I'd rather do a front double ten by mid season. I'll do a front double ten and feel more confident than just a front seven. Front sevens, I get freaked out. Like I what am I supposed to do? Nothing. You do nothing on a front seven. Front double ten, you like are used to having to give it. But I, maybe fifty. I don't know. It's got to see how my body's feeling because my body's at fifty right now. So kind of same thing, I guess. Yeah, there's all this talk about the uh, the youngest kids doing stuff. Youngest kid to triple cork. Youngest this. I don't give a shit about any of that. I'm about. <laughs> I want to know. I'm I'm excited for snowboarding to age, and to see the oldest tricks, oldest McTwist. Oldest double cork. Chad's got the oldest double cork right now. Um, Chad's going to keep setting those but bars. But this guy, all, <laughs> <Otter> Trump's <laughs> insane. Yeah. all Louie does is work out and eat hard-boiled eggs and like take care of himself. He's going to be able to double cork until he's fucking 60, dude. I like to think so, but thank you. Thank you. I take that as a compliment. I really embrace the jock in me. and uh, But honestly, though, I think the, the gym is where I'm like, I'd rather do everything I can and whatever happens at this age, like it's out of my control. I do everything I can in my control. Um, but I definitely think it's played a huge part on why I'm able to do what I do at 35. I mean, I'll be 36 in March. So, you know, I just, I enjoy it though. So I like to keep my body together because my back's so bad these days, I get locked up all the time. And then it sucks when you can't even put a sock on and you're like, man, I'm really freaking old now. I can't even put a sock on. I remember like Chloe Kim making fun of me. We were having lunch. We were in Japan before 2018 Olympics, and I think I got up and she, "Why do you walk like an old man?" Because you know it takes me a second to kind of get straight. <laughs> and then, and then I'm like, "Well, you know, you'll understand when you get older." And then she says to me like a year or two ago, "Like, oh, I, f- I understand what you're saying." I was like, "Okay, now take that and I'll multiply that by multiple years, and then you'll understand." You still don't understand now. And then hit 40. 
and then talk to us. But JJ JJ <laughs> Thomas is like was jacked when he hit forty. He was like thirties were like great for him. Forties is like great for him. I just followed the JJ Thomas program because he's always hyped. Like I think every decade he gets more hyped. Mm. Can we add the JJ Thomas program to the infographic? Because <laughs> 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 like I, mean, I want to talk about the JJ Thomas program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go to look at his Instagram. I mean, dude's having probably more fun now than he's had in a long time, like snowboarding, and he just cruises. He's got deals. He's just riding and you he know, literally chilly. just cruises. Yeah, it's like, sick. He like did a. It's like pumps two bumps in a trail. It's yeah. got like two hundred thousand likes. Just even a half pipe too. He just like well, makes sure half pipe look just so flowy. You're like, that's dope. What what boards you riding, Louis? I run in Yonix for pipe, um, and then I kind of run. I wanted to have a quiver, like a surfboard quiver of pow boards. Like so, when I go to Snowbird or something. So I've ridden um, a T. I have a T Rice that I ride sometimes. Shout out to Barrett. Um, Should, not Burton. Shout out to Barrett. <laughs> Bar- Barrett hooks me up. Yeah. Barrett's I sent you some boards once, but <laughs> yeah, Hooper. Hooper's giving me a board too. Uh, a Capita Kazu. Mm-hmm. The really cool graphic. Shout out to Blue and Dangler for that because that was a hard one to get. And I got a a White Space Pow board. That I've rode a bit last year. How I is just, that thing? It's good, but it was a boat, so it's like just cruise the mountain. I'm not like trying to get all buck up there, you know what I'm saying? So I was just, I just want a quiver. I want to ride any board. I want, I want to try a, a quiver board, an actual nitro quiver board, because those look really fun. I know there's like 40 of them, but one mm-hmm. of them. I just ride anything for for pow park. Park's like also just a fun board. You need it. So for pipe, you need a stiff dock, right? You need like Yeah, those. I think my pipe, it's stiff and it's pretty narrow because I got small feet. Okay. Um, and it's fun. Like it's so fun to rip groomers, but go to Woodward Park City and you don't want to ride the pipe. It's not that fun for like, oh, I'm just going to hit this rail and my edges are razor sharp. It's not like a LibTech box scratcher, you could say. No. It's not similar to that. No. I would, I, you know, I would love to give my pipe board to uh, Sleepy Stevens and have him do like an MJ or something and see if you actually cut into the plexiglass. <laughs> oh my God. We gotta, I gotta change my jib clip. Ethan Dice. Oh, down the hubba? Yeah. Yeah. That was wow. crazy. The MJ down the hubba? Yeah. <laughs> Good Sorry. call. Carry on. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Silk, we're gonna have to, you're gonna have to find that. Oh yeah, they found it. It's okay. on the screen. Okay. All right. <laughs> nice so I, I got one other thing too. Talking about uh, Sasfe. So I picture. I I don't know the contest scene that well aside from when I go to do tour whatever. And uh, I like to picture like all the national teams up there just like not talking to each other. Coaches on iPads. Is my is that a re- is that real or is it, what's going, what's the vibe in the pipe? Well, you definitely have crews. That's for sure. And I think it's pretty insane because the top of the pipe. I would say there's more coaches techs, filmers, and not like your type of filmers, like coach cam filming, then there are riders. Like it's packed up there. I mean, Japan's probably got four plus coaches, maybe a a filmer on the deck shooting photos for them. Um, The U.S. has Wax Tech, two coaches. If the rookie team's coached there, that's another one. PT, team doctor. Um, Germany's got two coaches for four riders or three riders. My squad is uh, Brett Esser and Ben Boyd. You know they're they're at the bottom. That's where the, that's where the spot is at the bottom of the pipe. But it is crazy. And then you kind of got like the crews. So the U.S. one would be 
Lucas, Foster, Joey Okuson, Chase Josie, Cuban Lou. He's in he's in the pipe scene now, so he's a a pipe jock. Yep, shout out to him for sure. I never thought I'd see the day, but I love it. Um, then you have Yuto and Ruka stick together. Then you have like uh, you just got people that are in little pods. I'd say they're not as friendly like Scotty James and Sean James. They're on their own little zone. They're not really. I like to just break it, break it up with everyone. If they're a little too serious, I go and make them talk to me. You're a social butter- butterfly out there, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, to an annoying point for some of these serious people. But it, I kind of miss the days where like you're feeding off of each other more. Like you still see it, but it's like that's the group that feeds off of each other. Oh, Yuto's doing a triple, then Ruka's probably going to be doing a cab triple. Just look at the other side of the deck. Like that's, that's like going to be my question. Was like how much like are you guys? Are they like watching each other and like? Sure, 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 sure. Switch triple, you know, like, like well, are they like looking, like waiting for Scotty James to unveil the new trick, or like? No, honestly, no. I, it's Scotty works at his own like speed, and like you'll see him do like cab seven, cab seven, cab seven, cab double, cab double, cab double, cab seven, cab seven, and then he might leave, or you might see him just go up and cab triple, and then he leave. like he's like got, their crew is just Sean James, James Jackson, Scotty. That's like their the little Exactly, the, J- the three Jameses. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, Ruka and Yuto, will, they kind of, like, are riding together, and they're, like, maybe hitting up higher, and they'll, like, be messing around, and then, at, like, the pipe closes, let's say, at 2 o'clock at, like, one they They're like, all right, I think we're going to try some triples. So it's sweet for me because I'm done at this point, so I just sit back because I got chairs. They had a coffee shop, at the like, a little coffee shop at the bottom. Charles did it proper, and you just sit back and watch. You're like, all right, hold on, you guys. Triple's coming. Let's watch this. All right, that's sick. I'm not going to do one, but that's dope to watch. <laughs> kind of weird, though, because it's mellow. Didn't you say Ay- Ayumu was just oh, on yeah. the bag? Ayumu was bag life heavy. Like, I think the – honestly, it would be like f- – let's be safe because there was a couple times the bag didn't go up. But I'm saying under 20 runs in three weeks in the pipe, if you added up all the hits, he did. Just, But he that's his thing, like – He'll, he will do so many, whether it's a triple or whatever, so many in the bag. Do it on snow. Back to the bag. So many. That, but that's why he can do it. So, mu- every time, he'll just do it on snow. If you watch any of the contests, he just FT, no big deal. And then fall on like an easier trick. But uh, yeah, he's heavy bag. Um, Kaishu's the fun one because Kaishu is a mixture of Aju, the oldest brother, and Ayumu. Ayumu's so calculated. Aju's crazy, super sick, but just didn't care. Kaishu's in between. He's so good, but he's not afraid to get bodied, and he'll just go. And he's so hyped all the time. I don't think he's ever had a bad day. <laughs> it's awesome. Amazing. So who do you think, uh, coming down the pipeline, you know, you've been with all these contest rippers. Who do you think is going to be on a tear this winter uh, in the pipe scene? <sighs> um. Well, the thing is, is I've always – thought that like Scotty's consistent that and that's a big key right when you're going every weekend almost um and then Yuto and Ruka you know they're so insane but at the mm-hmm. Olympics like they had a rough Olympics they just didn't put a rundown which is insane to see and then Copper last year this just kind of tease it up for uh Ryan's but like this it was a f- the pipe was a little bit flatter it was snowing it was so slow and they struggled to get amplitude and it really, I don't think any of them even made a final. So, But I would say, like, Yuto, Ruka, Scotty, Jan. Um, Chase Jan, Josie? 
Oh, oh yeah, Chief. Chief is like you never Taylor know. Taylor Gold. Taylor Gold's done in half pipe. Oh, is he? Yeah. He oh shit. Retired. I didn't, off, I didn't know that. Off the team. Yep. Um, but Chief is like some days he sends, some days it's just Chief, and but he. We're talking about goofy regular. He's one of those people that I still question sometimes in my head. It takes me a second to wait. Was that switch? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. He's regular because he's got every trick, and he's another person like he might hit the bag once or twice. And be like, oh, I got to figure this out, and then he'll just do it on snow, and it'd be like the sickest thing. He used to do a front twelve like flat, and then duck the end. It was like kind of reminded me of the people who did like the back ninety, then roll into the back rodeo. Yep. That or last like, three sixty. Yeah, totally he does flipped. that, and it's yeah. like, how do you do that? He's like, oh no, I just tried it, and it just like it rolled over, and I was like, okay, and he just stomps. You know what I mean? But uh, Jan's always got some like new stuff. Like his back nine shifty is super sick. But granted, you're gonna need to make that a twelve. Dude, for what, did, what did Scotty James do earlier this year? Where it was like a was it a switch McTwist rewind thing? Did you see that? What the yeah, fuck was so, that? That was amazing. Did you see that? I didn't see that. No. Yeah, yeah but that's like a uh, Pat Moore used to do that all yeah. the time when you get stuck. Yeah. And so I think Scotty's can. I don't know if his was stuck or if it was intentional, but like I knew that Pat used to do them, especially on a quarter pipe. Yep. But there's people like Ryan Walkendorfer, Jack Coyne, and I think Toby's done like the Chuck back to switch. Yep. And I. Th- some of them have done it double chuck back to switch. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that's just like, I think you mess up one time and then you try, try to figure it out. Jack's done the switch double chuck to regs. Yeah. Like he's, he's another one. It's just, he was our, he's our intern, actually. He was interning at the bomb hole all fall. That's what I thought I saw. <laughs> he's, good. I mean, he's one of those riders, too. You're just like, like, I don't go big, so I can say this, but he doesn't go super big on tricks and he can do any trick, I swear. He just, tr- you just try it. Back double 12, okay. Like, so our switch, he did switch back double 12. Like, no problem. Like, how, how do you whip your board around? And then he'll go and crush it on a jump, crush it on a rail. He can ride everything pretty good. All right. We're going to take a break and talk to you guys about Capita. I'm a big fan of their products. I ride the Capita Navigator. That's what I rode every POW day, and we got a lot of them last year. And let me tell you something. I was surprised by this board. I got it. It was soft. But the thing I loved about it is that it floated on the snow so nicely. So on those powder powder days when it's deep, you don't have any back leg burn because the front end just floats. It's directional. It carves really well. It stays up on top of the snow, but it's still soft. So I rode the 161, so it's a bigger board. But since it's softer, I still felt like I could maneuver it, get it where I needed it to be. You could kind of still manhandle this thing, even though it was a bigger board. So I, I really can't say enough good things about the Capita Navigator. Love that board. Another thing about Capita is it's rider-owned. The people that work there eat, breathe, and love snowboarding. So be sure to support the brands that contribute to snowboarding. And if you're interested in getting yourself a Capita, check out the Navigator. You can find it at your local snowboard shop, or you can also find it at uh, Capita's website. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk about hippies. Now, if you want a healthy snack that's good for you and tastes good, check out hippies. They're non-GMO. They're packed full of flavor. I love the nacho vibes. That's the one I eat the most here at the office when we're working. And they're made with chickpeas. So they're farmed with 10% of the water of most proteins. So they use 90% less water taken from Mother Nature. So support sustainable farming with sustainable snacking. If you want to get a good snack, you can find them at your local grocery store or at hippies.com. Use promo code BOMBHOLE, all caps, for 20% off your order from hippies um all right let's talk to you katie for a sec let's put you let's point the lens at katie here 
we're gonna we're gonna point it at Katie. So you're a dual threat, okay? So athlete, you got your uh, boss over here for yep. signs. <laughs> Sign, signs the forgot my signs forgot the, my uh, my patch with Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and you're also media person, so uh, slush digital and social. Um, you know, I would love to hear kind of what your role is over at Slush. I think that'd be interesting for people to um, hear about to yeah. start things off. Well, I guess uh, we'll go back to 1993. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I. What I've been snowboarding for a while. I'm from New Jersey and went to school and uh, really wanted to snowboard. And I guess when opportunities came up, I kind of just chose them on uh, what I could snowboard the most in um, or what would give me most days on the mountain. And tried worked in restaurants forever, tried restaurant stuff for a while. But, you know, that limits you to, like, where you can travel to. And, like, I thought... And I guess it's come to, it's true, like more days on the hill, no matter what you're doing, is going to make you a better snowboarder. Um, so I started doing a lot of like remote work, um, did some, you know, did a lot of, made a lot of crazy decisions, but, you know, got like my marketing and sales skills uh, through like recruiting and doing some little marketing gigs. Um, but that allowed me to like make a living um, and still snowboard all the time. So... Uh, I guess the slush just kind of like fell into my lap where I was like meeting people and, and they were like, oh, you're capable, you're a capable human being. So we need somebody like you. Um, but yeah, basically what I, you know, I was like, oh, I can work and nerd out on snowboarding, which I do anyway, and then get to snowboard like as much as I can. Um, and it's all kind of just like both at the same time, like grown, at the, grown together, which I, yeah, so thankful for LibTech for, like, you know, supporting. I feel like it's really hard to be like, hey, brand, I also, like, you know, on the side, you have to take some calls during the day and, and all this stuff. But it's helped me a lot um, in the self-discipline world, I would say, uh, really, like, manage my time. Um, now I'm, like, super... Like, when I'm on my snowboard and I'm on a trip, like, filming, I'm like, okay, like, I got two weeks to, like, get as many clips as I can and, like, just makes me, like, more responsible all, all around. And then Slush, known Pat for a bit, and uh, I actually, this is kind of funny, but I wrote Pat a letter when I was 12 <laughs> that was published, <laughs> that I didn't know was published. Sick. Um, that said that I'm a 12-year-old photographer and want my, want my photos ran. I didn't even have a camera. Um, yeah, that's it. And then he like wrote me back. Anyway, I didn't know about this, but I always like, you know, want, I think something that like destiny or like something I'm really passionate about is like, uh, talking to people and like learning their story and, and snowboarding is something that has allowed me to do that. Um, and that's kind of like what, when I started with slush, I've been there for like, this is going to be in January, like a full year, full time. So I quit my recruiting job and, uh, do all the digital website, email marketing, social media, and I really like have a lot of faith and and think that my team's awesome. We have Justin Meyer and Stan, <laughs> straight up Meyer's the freaking go. Uh, Stan, Pat, myself, Bob Plum, photo editor. We have Kyle, who's art director. And I kind of work for them part-time a little bit, just doing some social stuff. And then when Pat asked if I wanted to uh, 
you know, kind of take it all, you know, take on the job of four people. I was like, yeah, let's go. Now I'm really feeling that weight. But uh, yeah, I just saw a lot of opportunity in the space. And I know all these guys have like so much experience. And I think what I bring to the table is I don't know maybe like the history as much or like I'm not a, a filmer or whatever, but I can like bring all the pieces together, um, which is like the what, glue. Yeah, which is what my job is. You know, I'm like, Stan, write this copy, Meyer, make this. Send me that clip. Um, and then, yeah, and I just, I love, like, yeah, working for, like, entrepreneur vibes, similar to snowboarding, where it's like it is what you make of it. Um, so I'm like, hey, I have this idea. And then they're like, all right, let's go for it. I call it executive decision-making. I have a lot of oper- <laughs> a lot of power there. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, now my daily, like, thing is just updating right now it's like watching all these videos updating them but I really like the strategy and like where we could go with with uh, snowboard media and yeah it's fun killer you breeze over recruiting but uh, you know the bomb hole has used your recruiting services at one point um, do you want to elaborate on that yes yeah, silk yeah we recruited him let's, yeah. let's get a little Ooh. backstory on that how'd that happen yeah, so recruiting is a very interesting field <laughs> as we sidestep from snowboarding. <laughs> um, but I saw an opportunity in recruiting. I interned for this guy. We were doing it for a lot of like outdoor companies, so like Patagonia and the North Face. And I was like, oh, I want to work for them because at least I'll learn about what all these jobs are. I, I know now that like it takes 25 jobs to make a snowboard or that you know the, the T-shirt that you're wearing is not just like a T-shirt. There's like a product developer Anyway, I went, I guess most things I go into is like what I can learn from them. And then recruiting is you're just talking to people, finding out what they want to do in the future and what the company needs from a person. And I was doing it, like I've basically been doing freelance for a while and I was just helping companies grow. And Chris, through the grapevine, heard that I, I was a recruiter and called me up. And I think I know enough about the bomb hole to at least kind of know what the right person was and... He kind of described Silk to me. <laughs> so, Perfect. yeah, That's and then awesome. I, I'm a professional stalker, everybody. I will stalk you out. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of just, yeah, he, having an updated LinkedIn and, like, writing, out, writing about what you want to do in the future, even if you don't do it now. I actually work with, like, Reed Smith and all the younger kids on, like, how to translate what they do in snowboarding and, like, what they like to do and how, how to make it a career whether it is just snowboarding, but you know, it's, I think what's helped me in working and snowboarding and recruiting and things is like, um, being like a, bringing more to the table than just like, I'm a snowboarder, I do this or whatever. It's like knowing all the ins and outs and everything and being able to contribute to like the bigger conversation. And yeah, like Silk killed it on his LinkedIn. He's like, I love, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I just typed in a few things on LinkedIn and called some, some, homies up that I was like, Hey, and you kind of, I just like screen people. And he was like a easy candidate. He was like, perfect. I was like sending Chris some people. I would like send them. He'd be like, ah, no, no. And I was like, Oh, I got the perfect one. Finally. It's, and he was really looking for somebody that was like, knew what the bomb hole was, but maybe wasn't like the person that, uh, have has been like getting like free snowboards or or like definitely ha- me <laughs> <laughs> or th- there is like some type of like ego or jadedness that comes from from sp- 
being a younger professional snowboarder. And I think that's kind of being removed because I think a lot of snowboarders are like, my role is bigger than just like going out there and doing and hucking myself. And um, it's hard to find. Some, it's hard to find. And I feel like there's a lot of opportunity in, in the workspace of someone that loves it and wants to work in it as well. And yeah, now Silk, Silk, I got to, how long have you been here? Um, a little over a year. Yeah, yeah. It's a, keeps it's getting better. Keeps getting better. He's a glue. Yeah. He's a crucial part. Yeah. Kills it. He, you know, the going up. person <laughs> who edits all these podcasts. He always kicks ass all the time. Yeah, happy, happy uh, that he's su- like beyond happy that he's here. And you know, it's interesting thinking about when going through this recruiting process. Maybe if people are listening, like there's kids that that you'd send me their resume and they've gone to college for editing. They have no work experience, none, and they're like, I want. $180,000 and you're like that's crazy you know like it's like let's be realistic here let's why don't you get your foot in the door here and you know and then you know work your way up or whatever but it it was cool just in the sense that Silk was like very coachable very open didn't have any ego didn't have like that. that's a huge thing it's like like not coming into a job being like I know what I'm doing I know everything I know all the shit I know all my stuff like um, it's like he he was he was totally like I had he no idea what I was well doing. no he had he had a great <laughs> skill set but he was very he had no ego and I think that that made it it's and he's been able to grow his skill set and, and it's, it's cool. that's so sick just yeah. like the full I'm like yeah. witnessing the full circle yeah. right here <laughs> I, I, special moment basically I was calling Silk on the chairlift you know being like hey you like <laughs> so because of recruiting and like jobs that I've taken that when I'm taking them I'm like okay I could I could hustle on a Monday and then get to ride Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And that, I mean, I just been transparent with my bosses for up till now and my snowboard brands that I ride for and stuff. And like, I think that that's like, I mean, that's why I was good at recruiting because I, if I worked with outdoor companies, I was like, Oh, I'm, I am snowboarding right now. And I don't know. I think it's so important too, just like that you, I think it's important for people to see that you can do more than one thing, you know? And like, if I had any advice for a younger me, even even though I was doing more than one thing because I was also producing a movie, but it's like build other aspects of your life. They're only going to help your snowboarding and they're only going to help you down the road. And like a sponsor shouldn't, unless you're on a crazy level, like maybe getting up on a Louis Vito level of public identity and, and appearances and stuff like there should be room for lots of other things in your life if you're participating in this core snowboarding playground, you know? Well, Kate, I wanted to ask you with obviously your snowboarding career and then slush is growing as well. What's been the, I, you kind of answered, but what's been probably the most challenging part that maybe you didn't see going into it? I think it's a, it, uh, the opera, I guess it's a personal thing because I think I bite off more than I can chew. And when I see an opportunity at slush, I'm like, oh, we got to make this event calendar. And then who has to do the work is me is like, so, um, the event calendar is dope, by the way. Yeah. It's plug it, that. If you go, if you're looking to know any event to go to in snowboarding slush magazine event calendar, it has them all like all the bomb hole stuffs on there. Any other events, like no conflicting dates. It's cool. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. No. So yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool because I could be like, I'm going to make this. And then I, then it's like, it all like works out. I think, for for me, like being a snowboarder and like living and living amongst it and like being in the space, something that I've had to overcome is 
um, like the vulnerability that comes with like hosting a podcast or like writing an article. It's like you're basically writing something that your friends are reading and that like everything you do is basically for your peers, which is very unique in real life when usually you're, if you're working for marketing, it's like, you know, I market for Amex and no one even sees the person behind it. But you're like not only it's a very that's something that I'm go, like challenging right now where it's I have to manage these relationships that like you're my best friend, but we need to get this work done or like I have to like, you know, put myself out there and like write this article that's like maybe I don't feel that comfortable doing. Um, but then I think that that like helps with like confidence and and things like that where uh, but that and that, that translates to like everything else in your life where they're like. Oh, I, I could if I could write an article, like I could, you know, present in front of the LibTech marketing team about my new board or whatever the case is. But that, I think that that's like the biggest challenge with working in something that you love is just like the vulnerability part of it, where you're, yeah, you're just, all all your peers are judging you, whether it's good or bad. Like you know, the, and that's something that's. Uh, I mean, Chris, you must have had it. Oh, that goes. <laughs> you, you you stop. That is that that ship has sailed a long time ago. I love for, that. For, you know that that was a thing for me when I was younger, for sure. But you know, for for me, I I think about the yeah, like I think about the consumer of the podcast. I make I make podcasts for our listeners. I don't make them for you know the majority. A lot of times, my friends don't listen to it. You know, that's actually the reality. Is like that is my, the my true for a lot of my real friends. That they're, they're like, yeah, no, I'm listening to the bunt or whatever. You know, they're yeah. like, that's their shit or something. You know, so. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's a realistic hurdle. Now, I'd love to talk to you and pick your brain about this common subject, you know, the landscape of media per, spe- per se, right? You got podcasts, you got TikTok, you got Instagram, you got magazines. And I would love to hear you elaborate on the importance of magazines in this media landscape. Yeah, I think I have a unique perspective because I haven't been doing it for very long, which I think is an advantage in some ways. Um, I'm lucky that the people that I work with have been doing it for a long time. Um, so I guess like the history of sports journalism and snowboard magazines are that it's, it used to be, you kind of like got to sit on your information for a while. Like it wasn't like some like tweeting, like, like, you know, someone just got injured, you know, like they're not playing today. It was like in snowboarding, it was like you waited until the issue hit to, to read about what happened last year. And now it's just constant consumption, which is more work for the journalists um, and also has to be modified for that purpose. So like my philosophy, I guess, is that people like to consume things a bunch of different ways, whether it's they like to read or they like to listen or they like to watch. Um, So like ideally, whatever you're doing, you're just like repurposing for all those different types of of ways to do it. Um, But when I look at the magazine... Uh, I think of it as like th- what what's inside of the magazine is what's the most important and how people consume that is like up to them. And and Stan and all the people on the team like put so much wor- authentic and like genuine work behind it that it deserves like that light. Um, so I think like changing the way that we present it, like, you know, th- if you look at, you know, the pie or whatever, um, I bet the same amount of people that like, look at magazines are going to stay probably the same amount. I mean, I don't have any statistics on that, but right. It's like 2000 people look at snowboard magazines. I don't really see that getting any bigger. So like my ideas are that like we just created like an app. So it's like 
all of the issues that you could read at your fingertips, like where those 2000 people are still going to get the magazine. And we still, we print like 10,000 copies of this magazine. Like they're, they're around. So that will never stop. But if a younger kid or someone that's on a plane or whatever wants to read the magazine, it's like the same content that you would get from the magazine, just like in a different form. And that was a hard thing to hurdle. Like talking Pat Bridges into getting an app was like pretty much like, you know, stabbing the magazine in the heart. Cause it's like, but I'm like, no, we're not going to take away from that. It's just like not going to, it's just going to give it more like opportunity to be Are read. Are you doing that work to transition that magazine to app form every month? No, 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 no. It, so I, I, we have like a developer team okay. and it, it's super streamlined. It was a lot of work to like have all those meetings and stuff. And there's so much opportunity in that and like in that space. And like a podcast is like people like to listen to it. They like to watch it. Like and and the, the stories that are being told are what's the most important part of of our magazine. I feel like so. I think that uh, that's what I feel like. The growth of media is that it's always changing, and that you're never going to get it perfectly. But if you do something to go into that step of what people want, then like you could just build off of that and like make it something else. Mm-hmm. I think it, I was like in ten years, like people might be like against. Cutting down, I mean, people are against cutting down trees, but they're like, I'm not going to like buy this magazine. Like, what if no, like, what I'm like, what if no one wants to do that? And I think another thing that was a big indicator on like media is like accessibility globally because shipping is so expensive. Like, to get the magazine to Ribu's family costs like $80. <laughs> so I just figured that would be an easier way to let them read it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like that take. Burtner, you guys are, uh, Mervin's a big supporter of Slush, correct? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, I would love to, you know, obviously you have reasons why you do that. And it would be interesting from a supporter's perspective to elaborate. Um, personally or as a brand or? Yeah, you take it however you want it. I'll just say personally, you know, it starts with the people. Good point. And Bridges is a is a is a person that of consequence for snowboarding of he is a, an extinct, a distinguished gentleman and he started in the trenches chucking off Stemleron big airs and riding horrible <laughs> half pipes in the east coast and just being exactly who he is now but borden and anyways I've been there the whole time and just I love his position in the industry and just what he's done for the industry and what a like creator he is, what a fearless creator he is, and how he puts his ideas out and brings them to life fearlessly and pulls so many people in and has an ability to create culture around him. And so like I always just sort of cherish him and just wanted to support his projects, you know, and then you know, that's on a personal level. And then all the people that he pulled, he's pulled into this project so far have been amazing. And Katie's, you know, maybe the best example of it. And, uh, and then, yeah, like as far as like how we're represented in the media from like a Mervin standpoint, you know, I just, we think that print still has its place. And even if you're talking about getting a potential somewhere between 2,000 and 5,000 eyeballs on the ad. It's like 
there is actual, there's value to physicality still, and there's an end point to something beautiful that was worked on. Like the new issue has an Austin Sweeten ad. This is the first year Austin Sweeten had a pro model. It's called the Rig. It's amazing. Austin Sweeten has a pro model in snowboarding. That's great, and it's and it just came together. I love the way the ad came together. His graphic is any his graphic is a is a turn one line down the base. And the photo that Zerman got is basically like one line through POW with an air in the middle. And it's just like, I don't know. It's like, how can you celebrate these photos if not here? And, you know, for the Snowboarders Journal, uh, we do back covers of art. And it's like, it's just those moments to celebrate. And we we don't want to lose too many of those moments to celebrate, you know. We don't want to throw everything into the digital river and have it just rush by, you know, we want to like go ahead and have a couple physical monuments. What a fucking eloquent explanation that was. (laughs) That was amazing. And also somebody might take that, put it on their wall too. Like I think about, I had ads, you you go to my wall, my childhood room, it's just like ads and, you know, JP Walker, you know, forum ad on the wall or whatever, you know, and it's, what do you do with a photo on a screen? Yeah, and I mean, it's not, it's like Katie said earlier, it's it's overwhelmingly positive that we're consuming just more snowboard. We have it everywhere at all times, but it has changed the dynamic so much that we're all picking up the pieces together yeah. here. You know, like, oh, yeah. we got run over, as did the whole world, mm-hmm. by the internet <laughs> and what it has done to our society. And it continues to run us over as a species and we are all picking it up, and especially in snowboarding, something where you had just the one magazine. Maybe there was two, but it was like, everybody, come in here. Here's where we live. We live in this. We li- And then some videos, and we live in these, and here's everything. So let's just do that, you know? And now it's like you have to go so wide. Like Katie's talking about how you have, you know, we want what lives in the magazine to live on all these platforms. That's what I deal with too at Mervin, a big part of my job. It's like you do one thing, you got to do 10 things. One thing is now 10 things, you know? And it's like, I did one thing today, <laughs> you know, but like it went wide, but you know, like it's just, it's no, it's not just, you know, those pinnacle, that pinnacle moment of like that, getting that ad in the mag or, or getting that video part. Yeah, and I think for me, like growing up in New Jersey, I would have no idea what like snowboarding is if I didn't happen to do a contest that gave me a, fr- a free like snowboarder uh, subscription. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this. Like put it all on my wall. And like I still get that feeling when I get the new mag in the mail where I'm like, yes, like look at my friend on the cover. Like you feel 12 again. And that's that is like such an important feeling that people are still having i hope as kids and i love the spectacle people are doing around covers again that i think like torment maybe really pushed to the forefront possibly yeah, the reveal underneath the blanket and they pull yeah. it off and it's parker's and, face yeah and then well i mean yeah that one but they've been doing that for years yeah. And everyone is sort of doing it now, you know, mm-hmm. to different level. But it's just like fun celebration and ceremony surrounding 
something worth celebrating. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, maybe this is a dumb take, but there's a lot of them. But the one I'll say is like, it's we're so lucky to still have Pat Bridges, like still so involved in snowboarding because I feel like he's been through every phase of snowboarding as a rider, as an editor and everything like that. Like when I was coming up, I was so intimidated by him because he was the man that could literally put you in a magazine, give you a minor threat and all this stuff. But I think having somebody that's seen where snowboarding's been and where it's going, but still pushing some of the, um, I don't know how to say, but like a magazine, pushing to having, still having Mm -hmm. a magazine. Like we're not going to make a ton of money that way, but this is something that's a fixture that we still need to do and I'll do whatever it takes to still put out a good product. This is a good this is a good segue into a word that I think it's we actually have a question about it from a, a listener too but I don't remember the I could find who asked it but it it was in regards to gatekeeping, right? And that, that's an interesting term, right? Because that if you look at how snowboarding was kind of forged, you came up through a DVD video, you came up through a magazine in order to be in a magazine, you have to kind of go through the right channels and you have to be selected and you're kind of like, this person's elite, this person's great, where magazines are here to celebrate great snowboarding, great uh, great stories, great people. And, and the lines are blurred now because there isn't that hub, right? So it's like everybody's their own channel. So if somebody's like that, you know, rips film selfie videos on a chairlift, but it gets a million views, you know, that, that analytically is, is more important than the, you know, on, a, on an analytical standpoint, that's more eyeballs. That's, that's worth more money monetarily, so to speak. But these, like the core hub, having people that care about snowboarding and quote unquote gatekeep, I think is important for keeping the culture, like how we want it. The people that are in it, love it, breathe it, care about it obsess about it and it's not just like people that snowboard that figured out an algorithm you know is there yeah that's a huge like conversation you know like when they have a how to do a board side and if you go google that on youtube it's like millions of views on somebody that we're all much better at teaching somebody at a board side but because they've figured out how to you know the algorithm or whatever um they've you know taken that and ran with it but I, I think what separates like snowboard media and from from those people is like the integrity of like journalism and, and that idea that like you need to know what you're talking about to talk about mm, it. Good point. Yeah. And Credibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's that even though you can go out on to the internet and post something and get a million views, it's like if but where's the credibility and like at some point that's gonna that's like gonna phase out or Hopefully, we get to a point where the credibility, we're in this weird flux where people don't know what's credible anymore. And I think that's part of the issue with, you know, the world right now is the power that everybody has in their voice um, and, you know, using that power for good or whatever the case is. But that's where, like, you know, we're at the, where we're trying to build our credibility and be like, hey, you know, the person that's working on this has been in it for 25 years, but... Um, and that's like p- part of what I'm trying to do is like tell that story, which is that, that you like, there is, you know, there's layers to this stuff that you don't just wake up one day and can teach and can, you know, make a living teaching people how to do board slides. Like you should be like really good at it. And snowboarding is just on in like the grand scheme of the world, like so new that 
that it's yeah well I guess we don't know every day we're learning something new about how to how to cater to the, that audience so, I'm torn on it to be honest with you because part of me is I give I applaud those people who aren't a big name snowboarder that getting the views on doing turns because like I feel like I can turn all right and I'm not going to get that so I'm like they figured it out they're doing what they love to do so Good I applaud point. them for doing what they love to do and they're somebody who like no offense probably won't ever make it into the inner circle of snowboarding right like that I know people um, who will never make a final at a Grand Prix, but, you know, they're getting paid maybe by some random off-brands. And, you know, to me, I'm like, good for you. You're getting it. But then I look at it, like, from the YouTube point of view where <clears throat> I look at, like, if you were to go skateboarding, right, you could type in how to do a kickflip. There's going to be 100 videos on there. But if you see one from, like, a reputable source, whether it's, like, a thrasher or an actual skater, you know that that's, like, the stamp of approval. So to me, I look at, like, if certain things back it, whether it's a company, the magazine, whatever it is, that's like official, official. But if you have some random person who's doing it to me, I'm like, good for you. You found a way to monetize doing what you love to do. And I've always said this. I mean, I've talked about it a lot. Like my snowboarding is not for everybody. And I get that. My runs aren't for everybody. I get that. I do what I love to do. And that's the way that I want to snowboard. Snowboarding was always a rebellious thing, doing how you wanted to do it. So like me and Randy over here might look at snowboarding so differently, but I can still support what he's doing because that's what snowboarding is about. Do whatever you want. And if you just want to turn, cool. You want to ride pow, cool. Rails, cool. I don't care. We're all have this love for snowboarding. It's all growing the brand. So that's how I look at it. It's when you're polling or you have a brand that comes in and like, this is all we care about is analytics and not about the history. Yeah, and I had this point. with... Con certain contests where it's like these brands come in, cool, we're going to pop up a tent, we're going to give away stuff, dumb, boom, we're out. Whereas I always looked at it as an organizer of something. You can take that company and use them as much as they're using snowboarding. Okay, we're going to allocate that money and help out in this way of snowboarding. They're going to pimp out, they want to be a part of snowboarding because it's cool. Cool, do that. You're using us, we're going to use you and get what we want out of it. And it's the same thing with the YouTube thing. But I like, to me, I'm like, yeah, if Slush posts it, then that's got a heavy, like, cosign. Yeah. Bombhole posts it, not even just because we're here, but, like, heavy cosign. But if I see somebody else doing big numbers, like, I'm like, damn, like, homie was just with a 360 cam just doing turns and just got paid by YouTube on that. Like, Good point. You know, like, that's what you love to do, and you found a way to make money at it because at the end of the day, you find a passion and make that passion your vocation and just work your ass off for it and then you're doing what you love to do and, it, yeah. and it's helpful it's help it's i mean it would it helps people like slush in the bomb hole when there's more people like that doing it because then you turn more people into snowboarders exactly. so it's yeah. like great point so it, i would never want to take away or like like keep running those up um but i guess it makes us be better at what we do and adapt better because then we have to be like Okay, we do need to make a how to do how to do this video because we do know how to do this. Well, when money's in short supply <laughs> in the snowboard industry for athletes and stuff, and you see people making great money that weren't invited in by us, then you're like, well, let's get some of our people in there. You know, you see that happening in skating now. Like they're like, whoa! Like you, all these YouTubers are making full salaries that I'll never touch 
with my board royalty, you know, and then, or, you know, like, so why can we get some core guys in on this? Yeah. Pedro Delfino, can he have a YouTube channel Mm -hmm. that generates money? And like Tom Asta, is his YouTube channel going to pop? And is he, you know, like to name a couple, and I've seen a couple snowboarders starting to do this too, like Mark Solers and Sage, Sage. Yeah. Um, and Gimbal God obviously was talking a bunch about it. I think that's like, we've all been, you know, we have been talking to each other a lot, which is so fun. And in the meantime, all these other people came and started talking to the rest of the world. Yeah. And we're like, oh, wait a second. Good point. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you see it in like, even on the contest side, like so many coaches and I've listened to coaches talking and you're like, that's not right like when he just, like <laughs> that person that's not what they did wrong this is what they did wrong but it's hard at the end of the day like you for me I've been in half pipe so long I can't be like hey by the way your coach has no idea what he's talking about you know it's so it's you have to kind of push the people that you have the respect for so the next gen can kind of go there because being a coach especially where the tricks are going like not anyone can just go out and do it I might not even be the best even though I can do the tricks somebody who really studies it and so I think it's kind of on the industry the people in the industry to obviously be involved with slush slush be involved with them and kind of branch out a little bit wider than what you used to be able to focus on just like magazine people. Now you kind of have to branch out a little bit more so then you everybody can kind of work together to get to the goal. I'm not saying go way out here, but <laughs> yeah. you know, branch out a little bit more than just that core scene because you need to hit the masses a little bit more still. Social media a little bit more. Now I have a, I have a contrary I have an I have an opinion here question I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put throw this out there for debate okay and and I don't have any answers but we always talk about grow the sport grow the sport grow the sport grow the sport right but like if you grow the sport there's gonna be more people at the mountain yeah. it's already crowded like what if the sport was just okay how it was. Well, unless we're talking about taking market share, Chris. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, you're talking. Yeah, that's- we're talking market share. We could be taking some more skiers. This is how yeah. I look. The skiing thing, good though, point. is good point. Take, is we take before those freestyle skiing was so big, if you wanted to be cool and do those tricks, you really needed to snowboard. Now they're like, well, I might have tried skiing growing up, and if I want to go hit jumps and ride a pipe, skiers are doing. It. I don't have to switch over. Because I mean, I grew up skiing. I mean, when I was really little and then switched to snowboarding or getting the Burton Riglet and those little boards out there more for people to try and little kids to just stand there at, you know, at the bottom of whatever mountain and they can just push their kid on it for fun and get them to see that they make these small snowboards where the little kid can just stand there and then you can just pull them. But that's what I'm saying. And also just trying to maybe open it up a little bit more, growing the sport, whether or not necessarily people buying stuff and like going to the mountain every single day and clogging it up, but bringing up the awareness of it because that's going to bring up the dollars for every type of snowboarder. You're right though. I mean, the mountain's already clogged. Well, this is the the thing I think about snowboarding. It's pretty simple. Like what, what do I need to go snowboarding? Be happy. Give me a small hill. Give me a rope toe. Give me like four or five rails. Give me a box. Give me a medium sized jump. I'll go there every single day. Yeah. I'll go there every single day. 
And and maybe maybe there's no money in that in that in the small rope tow resorts. But like that's what I grew up riding in Massachusetts, tiny little ski ward, and and it was everything I needed. And so now like there's this movement for these like big ski resorts that have the ski condos and they got the ski restaurants and they got all the shit. Then it's fucking two hundred and fifty bucks for a lift ticket. But like, what about like the? I mean. I have no solutions and I'm doing nothing to to like act on this, but I'm just talking out my ass to be honest. But like, I, I would love to see that direction happen on a greater scale. Well, the one, one thing I'll add though, back to the growing thing. Cause I agree. I love the, what they have in, in uh was it Finland? They have the, the rope toe there and it's Salma, everything you love yeah. in one little spot and just lap all night. But also like if you, Growing as well can be overseas, like in Europe, where ski racing is still up here and snowboarding is way down here as far as funding for the national teams and just what's acceptable and the, the brands that are involved. Like, I mean, I, it's very bureaucratic and archaic a lot in Europe as far as the federations go for contests, but there's so many brands that like you could be doing such cool stuff in Europe with, whether it's a luxury brand or whatnot, where the U.S. you might crack into it a little bit more. Because we're open, but in Europe, it's ski racing above everybody else and snowboarding so low. So for me, it's even raising that profile is growing the sport where what's accepted in Europe and they're just behind us as far as like, oh, snowboarder druggies don't do this, da 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 da. Ski racing, they're the athletes. But bringing that, growing And what that gets the most there. views at the Olympics? Ski racing or snowboarding? It's freestyle snowboarding. Yeah, snowboarding. Freestyle snowboarding. That's what people tune into. I think for to th- there uh, there is probably I mean me yeah I mean we have to make reservations at Brighton now to get a parking spot and even like splitboarding and stuff ever since the pandemic especially you got to go farther and farther out to like get a get a you know open run because so many people are getting into it which is like definitely a good thing when you think about the people sitting behind the desks and are are marketing and working for these brands but like growing the sport could so I don't know what that answer is either. Like how many more people do we want on the mountain? But I think there's a way to like, who is, who is doing the sport? Um, I think there's growth and opportunity there where, I mean, I even look at Slush's Instagram and it's basically like 93% 25 to 45 year old men are our followers that, that, that actually tune in. So I don't, I don't know how many more, of that demographic is going to turn into snowboarders because they probably already are snowboarders. Good point. Um, so I think when you think about growth, it's like, okay, if we do want to grow, like we already are talking to that, that demographic basically. Like how do we talk to other demographics? <laughs> how do we not talk to, to you guys? Our, 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 demo, our demo is the same, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, that, I don't know if that, there's much growth in that. Um, but I think that there's growth in like females and uh, BIPOC and, and other in like individuals. Um, but then I also think about people that don't have the opera. I don't, I mean, it, most people in my family, if we, I took them snowboarding, they'd be like, not for me. Like, but it's those people that you get to try it, that it is for them. Like that is an opportunity for growth, like where it's just letting people experience it. And if they're hooked, then we get them hooked and then they're a snowboarder. But I think that that's where the growth can be, where it's like we take the people that maybe never had those opportunities to do it. And because I think most people, like most of my friends, they're like, no, like from New Jersey, they're like, nah, I'm not going to go snowboarding with you. Like I would rather go to the spa or whatever the case is. So I don't think if we are like, everyone needs to be a snowboarder, that's not even going to happen because it's very like, 
you're in the elements. You got to dress warm. They give you the Michael Scott on that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I don't want to go snowboarding. Yeah, they're like, no, why? <laughs> but I'd like to if I wanted, wanted to. to. Yeah. <laughs> Great quote. So I guess if it's just like, you know, letting people try and if they are, they like it, then they like it. And that's a, I think that that's an opportunity for got to keep the stoke alive at the end of the day for the kids coming up because it's like, you know, you got to keep the people will fall off from snowboarding, not doing as much. And you got to keep the next generation coming. How can we make it better for those kids and kind of work out some of these kinks so it's better? Because I mean... I look back now and I'm like, man, when I was coming up in snowboarding, that was so sick. And now I feel bad for these ones because I think it would just from the magazines. Like that's why I I fan out on pro, like old school pros if I've never met them, and I have the utmost respect for the people before me because to me that was like they were God. I mean, they were my Michael Jordan. I still say that Sean Palmer was the greatest athlete, not Michael Jordan, because he can do everything. But how can we help guide and make better? for the younger generations, but we also need to educate them, I think, a little bit more to people in snowboarding on what what, what came before yeah. them. Because it's amazing how little knowledge there is on the, I have. <laughs> yeah, like snowboarding, it's just... Yeah, it's cool. Like Hoods the Woods and all those foundations are doing chill. There's so much badass shit. There is, there is cool shit happening in that Yeah, direction. that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's Definitely. what we need to do. One thing we got to talk about if we're talking, we talk slush for a second, but we got to talk about the most recent cover. Mikey LeBlanc, Ollie, we were, I was at the unveiling party. It was very special. That was special. And you have Justin Meyer filming Fisheye, who has gave everything he has in his being to snowboarding. You have Mikey LeBlanc, who has been in it. He's 50 years old, and he's ollieing down a huge set of stairs, and he's had most legendary video parts for, I don't even know how many, 20-plus video parts from you know the 90s and he's still doing it and he cares about snowboarding he's at brighton launching cliffs every day he's still getting after it you got bob plum taking the photo and it's like i don't know i just think that that cover almost means more than it's more than just mikey ollie in a set of stairs it's just like people that have put their blood sweat and tears into snowboarding and they like care about it and the fabric at the core nucleus of like what's important so i just wanted to rant about that no that's just giving the praise where the praise is due yeah. because it's iconic on which such a deeper level than just a photo mm-hmm. yeah it's the oldest cover combined age ever that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, sick no that's a, that's a that's a common thing in our group text but yeah uh i think that that's a good example of ways that we can celebrate the history of snowboarding and that Sticking around is going to pay off, and it's going to feel just as good when you're 50 as you do when you're 25. Like, y- you know, you could get a cover if you keep if you if you st- stick around. Um, uh, yeah, Louis. Yeah, like, yeah, Louis. Bucket list still. From when <laughs> really? I was a kid. You never got one, Louis? I came this close with a Cole Bearish photo for a photo mm. album one year, Front Seven Japan night shoot at Hood. Oh, but it wasn't. How many covers oh. you got, Burner? Um, not very many. Not like you. I mean, I got at least we have a few. You know what I mean? At least yeah. we don't we don't that have a goose egg. Dope. At least we don't we're not sitting on zero. You know yeah. what I mean? That would be tough. I got the one with Yosh that I wasn't even snowboarding on, but I'll take it. <laughs> that doesn't it doesn't matter. It I got one in Japan, the right away landing one. Yeah, yeah, that one's amazing. Yeah. You were snowboarding. You just I had been. You're yeah. <laughs> previously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's throw. I want to know numbers. How many have you had? I mean, I've, I've the one that matters. No. 
snowboarder mag, I have a snowboarder mag, and that's like that. That was front board. Yeah, front board. Yeah, Funny. Was that an anchorage? Funny. Yeah, that was an anchorage. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> recently, you recently got EB EBD. Shout Re- out EBD. Um. And uh, but you know what? That's it's fucking and like flattering because we you know did you kind of remind me that I did stuff back in the day? <laughs> did yeah. they give you the full big printout? Like they they surprised me in Chile when we were on a Sa- Solomon catalog shoot, and it was like I went to tears. I it was like that's sick. it was like to me like getting a, it's actually cool to talk about this because it's actually thinking about it is like there was two real goals in snowboarding like the way that we came up. And I was like, one day I can get last part in a video, and the other one was a cover. And then there is no more, there is not, a, I mean, I wasn't competing in X well, Games. Oh, the real snow changed that, but like, I wasn't going to win the Olympics or X Games. It was like, for me, that was, that was it. Yeah. I was talking to Cannon Cummins yeah. the other day about this because I don't know if we talked about this before, but Genevieve and I had a list. Yeah. And it had like all of those things on it. Yeah. And I was like talking to Cannon about getting his list going because he got a checkout in. Which is now called a uh, up next, an up next in Slush Magazine, and I was like, "Dude, you just checked one off the list." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Oh, well, Jeno and I made a list, and it had cover, back cover, on deck or checkout, two pitch spread, first part, last part, interview, and that was like the list." You know, I'm like, "I I don't know what that is for for you guys anymore." So, because Cannon was like, "Bomb hole." Is that one? I'm like, oh, that should be on the list. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, then it was like, oh, there's going to be a new list. We just don't exactly know what it is. Yeah. You know? Get retweeted by somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a whole different. Viral on TikTok. <laughs> Viral on Instagram. Viral on someone else's channel on Instagram with a collaboration. Viral without a collaboration. <laughs> but, Chris, like you said, like, I, you make this for the viewers and, right, not for necessarily your friends, but then it just shows the impact it has in snowboarding without you just being yourself and kind of branching out is because Cannon's like, is that on the list? I want to do the bomb hole. Like, that's dope. We that should do a Cummins it. family. That would be good. <laughs> imagine imagine oh all God. three round of them table. in here, round table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it would probably just turn into, like, bullying Cannon, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like... It would be Barrett prodding her, her husband and son <laughs> to say things. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's talk. <laughs> that would be sick. Yeah, that would be really fun. I, w- I wonder, though, if brands are like, I mean, or I know looking back on it, Cannon's probably going to, that's probably going to be something that he can, like, hold and see and talk about. Like, when he's like, oh, I got an up next. Like, look look at it. But, like, you, you don't have that same feeling when you're like, oh, look at this. <laughs> look at this, like, post that went viral, like, this one no, week. No, it's, it's seriously, like, that's honest to God yeah. real. Like we've seen so much change in the media landscape, the, the actual what is a physical piece of physical media, and yeah, you like like that whole platform might go away. The servers might get crashed. They might get wiped. I used to pay for Vimeo Pro, then I stopped paying for Vimeo Pro. A bunch of my movies are gone. <laughs> oh no, they're on hard drives somewhere. The projects are like things I made, edits, you know, that I didn't think I really. I needed to worry about her. Stevens is worried about where they are currently. Stevens is sweating right now. He's looking for them. He actually has them all. Yeah, so I'm good. Stevens backs all my shit up. <laughs> but no, like, you know, like that could happen. That has happened. Mm-hmm. Look at Vine. Yosh is just stressing. All his, all his vines are gone, dude. Yosh is still crying over Vine. 
MySpace. No, but seriously. Yeah, no, that is, th- those are good examples. Yeah. Of very real things that went away. Yeah, yeah like it, they can go away. And, but like I have like all of those pictures in the mag, like cut out in, in folders and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and like, mm-hmm. you know, if we, I ever want to like relive the glory days, I'll flip through them. Yeah, it's amazing. You know who really gives a shit about like the checkout and stuff is like, it's like luckily like my parents, they're just like, like I have like my first photos. They have them like in the basement, and they're just like, yeah, it's fucking cool, you know. Oh, dude, have you guys seen the trading cards? I have seen. Oh, those. Yeah, yeah. I, I got a trading card, mm-hmm. and Ollie loves it. Really, and he brought it to school and gave a bunch to his friends. Sick. And it was like out of all the things that I've done, that was the one that hit him the hardest because mm. it's like a Pokemon card, but it's his dad, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's just like, "Oh, what?" I think those are cool too. It's just like I don't know. It's just dope. Something that, like you said, the f- holding something physical is just you can't replace that. I don't. I've screenshot things on my phone if I like it. Like, oh yes, like this person reposted me, <laughs> whatever. Like, I think it's cool, <laughs> but just to be able to see it because it's gone. Yeah. All right, we're gonna cut to a call I had with Peter Line earlier this week uh, talking about back rodeo philosophy. Um, the inventor of the back rodeo. We had to get him on the line, so. Here it is. Here's the call. All right. We got Peter Line on the phone. And uh, last week, put together my top 10 back rodeo sevens on the gram. And uh, I'm curious, you know, there's a lot of debate about the back rodeo, whether if it's needs to be fully flipped or if it can be kind of off axis. In particularly the back rodeo seven, what's your take on the flip factor? Well, Kind of when I, I guess you can quote, invented it or first had the idea of how to do it. Um, it was completely based off of frontside rodeo, which is kind of a Kevin Young, Daniel Frank thing, where they'd fully kind of go off their toes, um, lean back, board goes up over their head. And so it'd be kind of, for spinning frontside, you're going off your kind of outside edge spinning. And so it was kind of the same theory with backside where all backside spins were going off your inside toe edge to spin backside, but nothing was really being done off the heel edge on a backside spin, except for like how the, the frontside rodeo was going off the opposite edge. Because at the time too, like most of, most riders are kind of spinning frontside off their toes, but not really going off into a rodeo. So at the same aspect, if you're just, if you're just kind of going off your one edge and spinning flat, it's still a front side three, front side seven, or whatever it is. But to do a front side rodeo, you're going off your toes still, but you're doing something different. And so that's kind of where I can see the rodeo being kind of got to go over it, right? kind of get your board over your head, kind of an off access spin um, along the same lines as kind of the corkscrew being off access to create that um, to be different than a backside 720. So I see the rodeos being having to be off access. I dig a lot of the ways that um, since kind of started doing that when was it 97 or something like that I remember um, how other people have been kind of taking that and moving on with it, uh, especially kind of seeing Andreas's first first ones too. Kind of, I saw him as kind of be the first one to kind of start changing up how the rotation works in, a, in an awesome positive way to a point that you might even be starting to be considered a different trick. 
And so just for me to, to wrap that up is the backside rodeo was just basically the front side rodeo, but doing it the backside. And so going off the, the opposite edge board, kind of kicking up um, in front of you and you're, you're kind of pulling back on your body. So partial back flippish sideways back flippish thing is kind of the way I see it. Oh, it's so it's, it's great to go right to the source, Peter, and get, uh, and get your take on it. You know, to I love I love how you explain it, and I think I'm like many other snowboarders that I know. Like anything in the arena of of kind of like uh, falling backwards as you spin backside, we've we've always just kind of called a back rodeo seven. Um, and I've also heard Andreas is called like the wig flip when you do it like that and stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't know what where we're gonna well, go with all, this. First of all. I- I mean, yeah, you can call it whatever you want, wig flip, but I've always hated any sort of term where you call something a flip or there's a, a rotation going on. I mean, there's a back flip, which is a full-on is back flip. And then kind of the other thing with the, the misty flip, well, I didn't really kind of like that. And even the trick kind of indicates that too. Uh, when I was kind of first saw people doing the misty flip opposed to like a corkscrew, is it looked way more kind of flippy with like a spin later on. Mm-hmm. opposed to it all being kind of one trick and that's kind of what my kind of theories were doing these tricks i hated doing backflips i because i just thought it was kind of a, a juvenile trick that people like cheer over and not really who don't really know how easy it is <laughs> type of a thing i mean obviously depending on the situation but just anything with a flip in its name and not being a you know unless it's just a backflip 180 you know type of a thing I just didn't really like that name, and so I kind of came up with different terms for these things. Um, by the way, I was doing is being just kind of one um, rotation flip at the same time, um, opposed to being one one thing into another thing. To where like Inglesman, I think, has, always gets brought up. I mean, he wasn't really doing anything similar um, in the kind of the. the, the the off-access spinning when he did that he's doing kind of some backflips and stuff like that same thing with the michael chuck like when you look at him ride um and the half pipe you see him do his michael chuck in the pipe so he wants to get backside rodeo but then you see him ride normally all he did was backflip for the time so all he's doing was a backflip in the half pipe and that's you know kind of how i learned how to do it in the half pipe too it's like oh this is this kid just does backflips just do a backflip on the backside wall it's like oh okay that's what it was backflip on the backside wall is what a michael chuck was even though it looked like a backside rodeo on a backside wall in a pipe um i forgot what your original question was but well, <laughs> off of my no tangent. this is a great <laughs> tangent uh so what would you what would you call for example andreas's or travis kennedy's so yeah, I was looking at both those two on, on your guys' gram, and Murphy's flip is a whole other story over there because I know he was going for a backside rodeo, but it just ended up kind of spitting off his heel edge, going flat, and then kind of being a little bit off on his back back seven or back rodeo seven, but he just kind of spun flat. But then also started tipping him at the end of it, and he came around, stuck it. I don't even know how long he stuck it for. Um, not the to be mer- a shit talker. Not be a shit talker, but a lot of Murphy tricks are kind of cut quick because he didn't stick it completely. You know, it's a cool ass trick. Um, I forget that one, but anyway. Um, so yeah, Andreas is and Travis is. It's like a heel side back seven, but they do kind of go into the the rodeo, just not quite as 
as pitched, I guess, it's not quite as off access. I dig it because it is more spin and less kind of just a flip type of thing, like a backflip with a 360 at the end, which I wouldn't consider a backside rodeo. But what they do is is kind of going into the backside rodeo. They don't flip as much, but a lot of times jumps create the, you know, do a flat takeoff, it's harder to get upside down type of things scenario. But I can also just see it kind of being a variation between two. Um, so who knows? So you don't have a name. You you don't. What's your take? Like, let's just take Travis Kennedy's for example. Is that a? Would you say that's a backside rodeo or that's not a backside rodeo? I would say it's a Travis's backside rodeo because um, you can. You if he does a backside seven, he would do it differently, and so he went off his heels. It kind of it does kind of pop your body in front of your board to create the momentum instead of your kind like just kind of standing here on the carpet now picturing it you kind of throw your back into the spin um to create the backside spin to where on a backside 720 you kind of throw it f- forward and kind of over your kind of around your you know yep. you lean forward to do a backside 720 you kind of lean backwards to do a backside rodeo mm-hmm. and so they're kind of leaning backwards it's just not quite as much as the way i was doing them now so i it's the same process. It just didn't quite, you know, you can even say it didn't quite commit, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that necessarily because it's, they're both sick. I mean, the, the, I mean, if I could have done it that way as well, I would have done it that way as well. You know, just kind of, I would have considered it two different tricks when going off the jump. Like if I want to do it this way, I would do it this way. If I want to do it their way, I would, you know, consciously know to be doing it another way. And so one, one kind of aspect of thinking there is like, is that the only way they do it? Or do they do it both ways? And if they do it both ways, then it's kind of a new trick. But if they just do it that one way, then it's that's how they do their backside rodeo. Mm. It's it's interesting. It seems like the grab affects the axis too. Because if you notice, like when you you for example go melon, melon I think causes people to generally just go into a little bit more of a flip. Whereas you look at a lot of the people that do the backside radio seven indie, and naturally it's a little bit more of like look over your shoulder, like look a little around your shoulder, fall backwards as opposed to full, you know, dump off the lip. Yeah, I mean that just might be the way they learned it, and then that in that in that kind of rotation, it does not flip you as much. But I've done it mute towards very similar where you reach kind of reach forward to get your board until your board is not quite as behind you and it still got me really upside down mm-hmm. and so i think it's just like their commitment of how they do it um of going kind of more upside down off the takeoff or less upside down off the takeoff cool wow well, i love it i almost think that the flat ones yeah, it's basically yeah i mean it's, it's, it's like basically if you're going off your your back heel you're going to flip more but if you kind of go off your middle to front heel you're not going to flip as much and so a lot of those ones just kind of go off off their heel kind of between their bindings a little bit which is not going to flip them as much unless the takeoffs um really kicked yeah cool cool i love i love talking trick nerd with you peter it's really fun really fun stuff um yeah i mean there's still like in that whole kind of theory of things okay you go off your heel edge go off your kind of back Binding, go to backside rodeo, go off your front edge. What if you kind of did the whole kind of backside rodeo dip like an underflip of sorts? Like no one really does that. I mean, you start going in, in um, Marcus Cleveland territory where you kind of 
do the nose pop and all that stuff too. Like I did it like at the end of my kind of career playing around with that type of a thing where you kind of go off your heel edge, backside already, but kind of go under flip over your nose type of a thing. Um, but I was kind of into my career, so I didn't really go too far with it. But there's something there as well that I don't see people doing. Um, or if I see it every once in a while, but it almost looks like it's not necessarily intended or it's just kind of dorking around. But those dork around tricks are the tricks that you just push and, and develop and those create the next big trick possibly. So for the kids out there who want to start doing some new tricks, like just watch Marcus Cleveland, how he's taking off some of those jumps because that's kind of the future I see of, of snowboarding to where it looks kind of weird and sketchy right now, but the way he's doing it is pretty sick. And then just the development of where that can take you to the next trick, to the next trick, to the next trick is where the kind of future starts going. And like all of a sudden all like the normal backside 720s off your toes or front side 720s off your heels flat might just kind of look stock after a while or just the normal takeoffs to where you have to start taking off these weird nollies and butters and all this other stuff to get these weird different pops and different rotations in the air. Wow. Beautiful. A lot of wisdom. That's I love it. I love it. So yeah, do you think that I I mean you just answered my question, but it seems like there's it's obvious that people are pushing it in rotations, but uh it seems like if the judges would start rewarding the off axis, like the you know, the weird axis is more, then it could help out the direction of where we're heading. Would you agree? I yeah, I, I think judges kinda have that awareness there. I mean, there's gonna be like the eighteen hundreds versus a double uh, front side rodeo weird thing that Marcus Cleveland does that might just be turn out to be a fourteen forty or something like that. Um, to where like, damn, like if no one's doing this weird takeoff of a fourteen forty double cork that everyone's doing eighteen hundreds, like you'd think that the trick that most people can't do should be the one awarded the most whether the new one in the contest. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing as when I first did the Backside Rodeo 5 at Rick's Grant, or not Rick's Grant, at um, Aaron Style. They didn't even know what it was, and I lost to a cab 5 just because the judges didn't know what it was and just thought it was a Backside 5 um, corkscrew that I've done before. And so they were like, oh, okay, that's just a normal trick. But then they didn't realize and apologize to me later because they didn't really understand what was going on. So as long as the judges are knowledgeable of what's going on, they should have an understanding that some new trick that's difficult that other people can't really do or aren't really doing should get that, you know, extra points, even if it is a less rotated one than what everybody else is kind of doing. Wow. That said, I'm not I'm not dissing on one more rotations because some of these multiple rotations still look really good. It's just when they start looking bad is when it looks kind of silly, but these, you know, 1800s look pretty sick when they're doing them. So I'm pretty stoked in that too. Amazing. Well, cool, Peter. Um, thanks for taking the time and wrapping out with us real quick. Um, we're going to get back to the show, but uh, I really thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom. It's been a blast. No problem. Love you guys. Call me up anytime. I get bored. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Peter. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Later, buddy. All right. Thanks. See ya. Love hearing Peter talk trick philosophy. I know um, you're a bit of a philanthropist, a trick philanthropist yourself, 
Um, a philosopher? A philosopher. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm don't. i actually not entirely sure what a philanthropist even means. Somebody that donates to charity a yep. lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Donates one in the same. One in the same. Um, all right, let's get into some more hard-hitting topics here. Uh, I think this would be interesting. For This one's for Jesse. Uh, top five stances. And maybe you could um, preface on what a stance is. I mean, I, I, I don't have those at the top of my head, but... Um, a stance is a really wide stance. It's not a stance, it's a stance. Um, and maybe you could say, like, a, it's, it could be a narrow one too, but that'd be more like a stents. A stents, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Top number one stance of all time has got to be Sean White. Yeah, that's a given. 25 inch. Yeah, 25 and a half, <laughs> yeah. according to Bud Keen, I believe. Yeah, and just bucking all trends with his, like, mm-hmm. in the, in, against the entire industry wide. He just went the opposite direction and mm-hmm. just kept getting wider and wider. And then we got, uh, you know, thinking about Austin Granger uh, circa 2005, you know, that was a stance. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, that was maybe 26. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, yeah, through the history of time. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, geez. And then you gotta talk go it, back to Summit County and talk like J two and like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> some of those guys, Tarquin maybe. Mm-hmm. OG, those are some OG stances. Yeah, even Adam Merriman, he's a pretty tall guy, but he would have a big stance. Got a T bolt that. Yeah, T bolt only. Yeah, for the listeners that aren't familiar with T bolting, it's so you have your bolt pattern, and then if you want to make it wider, you would put extra inserts that you drill in from the bottom. And then you P-Tex underneath it so you can make your stance wider. And that's how you get a true stance. It's got to be off the I always wanted that, pattern. but I was too short to ever need it. But I always <laughs> thought it was, like, so sick if someone T-bolted their it was. It was like a thing. It was like if you weren't T-bolted, it was like you weren't cool for a couple of years there. Mm-hmm. All right, we got another question. This one is from Xander McDaddy. Shout out. You guys got any preseason ri- rituals you do to get ready for the season? Bertner? Uh, well, my number one preseason ritual is to watch all the snowboard videos and like, it's such a fun time of the year to do that. And then another part of that would be like getting with a crew to talk about it. Mainly Scott Stevens. We always try to meet up every year and just have like this video, like dive in together. And we had a little bit of that this year. He came up to skate, but it's been more text back and forth, but we used to just go to the snowboard shop and speak. They'd have all the movies, and we'd split. Like, I'll buy these two, you buy these two, or three and three or whatever, however many we could possibly buy, and then we'd go back to the crib and just binge all the vids and just talk about them. That's the fall ritual. Mm. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. This year, I feel like I'm just trying, my ritual is just to, like, work as much as I can and uh, <coughs> work out as much as I can. I'm actually going to PT, and, uh, yeah, they told me I have a 50-year-old knee, too. Um, but usually, you know, when you get your new snowboard, me and my friends will like customize them, like make funny stick, like cut out stickers, write funny things. Last last year we were like painting on them and, uh, putting like glitter, like glue glitter. Um, basically kind of just like have like a little silly times with your friends and your new gear. Um, sometimes I'll just get up, get in my new gear and like, and carpet board for a while. Uh, yeah, that never gets old every year that we get our new boards. We always just like open them in front of each other and pass them around and stuff. Uh, yeah. And 
I guess bone zone and like little jibs is all is like something that we do all the time. The first mini jump is always like super fun. It's like trying to flip different ways. Um, but yeah, this weekend I guess will be like the first powder day is pretty pretty good ritual to have. Mm-hmm. What about these Katie Kennedy stickers? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we still. We, I have a yacht on, or are we gonna get a couple? Or? I do have them. I have even, like a, a sister that's seven years younger than me and doesn't really know much about snowboarding, but knows I love it. And a, a while ago, she made me these stickers that says, "Katie was here and crushed it." And it's like me doing a hand plant. Oh my <laughs> god! And I have no stickers on my board. Yeah, I did. You're gonna give me. I'm, I'm gonna. It's gonna go on my board. Yes, yeah, so I have like a hundred of them that I I kind of forgot about. Maybe it was three or four years ago. I was a little embarrassed, maybe to to be posting about them. But I uh, I found them recently. I was like, I got to run these up. Yeah, what a great supportive sister. Yeah, she's Major super shots. supportive. Yeah, Louis, what do you got? Are we talking now or when I was little? Either one. How? Because I feel like thinking? we kind of went like yeah. I you went sauce That's your normal shit. Sauce right? um, hard boiled eggs, hard boiled eggs, gym. Uh, try to plan out the winter, but no, just kind of hang out here. I mean, Utah's got so many good resorts, so I went Woodward Park City and go even hit hit any of those little rails. I've been to the Bone Zone with Grundy's because I needed to have someone kind of gatekeep and let me in, so that worked <laughs> out. And then uh, he served up a front blunt four fifths commish on the rail too. I know. <laughs> I even got a shot with Ted. He never sent it to me, yeah. so I just used the iPhone clip, but. I tried to bring that one back the other day. It didn't work out. I needed the motivation of the cool guys there. But then, like, Dustbox showed up, and I was like, yeah, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw Warbs and Robbie. I was like, mm-hmm. that's just too, I'm going to get made fun of. I'll end up on the jibbing is dead thing, probably. I would have ended up in the Dustbox vid. You might have, yeah. They could, use a, they could use a vibe like you in their vid. I mean, I'm Spruce a big, up. big fan. But I didn't even mention the Dustbox vid. Also, yeah. shout out. That's fucked up. That video's great. I don't care what Dustbox puts out. It doesn't even matter what it is. I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. it just does, they have this aura, too, about them. Like, they're just cool. I'm like, damn, I wish I was cool like you guys. <laughs> um, but no, just like ride, get re- get the body ready, uh, try to stay healthy going into the season. But yeah, we ride in October, sometimes in November, like at a camp. But if I'm not, I'm at the gym. Um, Ex- shout out Excel like, Fitness. Excel Fitness, that's my spot. <laughs> I got told it was the influencer gym the other day, and I was like, <laughs> not because of me. But uh, no, nah, I mean, I like just to try to ride. Bone Zone and like Woodward Park City are fun for me because I don't really kind of get down on like rails, but they're already small, so it's a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I got, well, I want to go to Brighton this winter, and, or I want to go to Brighton soon and ride, but I got my Brighton starter kit. Got the dang goggles, the Hal kit, Hal gloves. Friends with this guy, I'm I'm pretty much good to go at Brighton now too. So, <laughs> is he to, is he good to go? Yeah, he's good to go. Okay. Dude, yeah. Did you just hear my kit that I yeah, have? Of course, yeah. I'm good, dude. Let me tell you something. You pull up with Louis Vito, you're fucking, you're all set. This guy took me snowboarding with Steve Aoki one time. It was, and then, <laughs> there you go. There and you I had go. no idea who he was. Then we went to his concert. and He had a full private tour bus thing, and I'm we're hanging out on it. And like, look, I'm it's Louis not with me. I'm with Louis. Let's get it straight here. Let's be honest. <laughs> But yeah, going to preseason ritual too. I like to go to the spot with. Uh, the, I had an awesome one this year with JP and Jeremy and Seth and Wiz. It was a pretty fucking heavy crew and really fun sesh. But I've been doing this thing lately, where I I count my reps 
Maybe I've been on my Louis Jim shit, you know, where you, you got your you got your list or whatever that you got to get through. And so I was like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to do 25 reps and I'm not going to stop till I do 25 reps. So I just didn't matter what I did, front board, back board, front lip, back lip, switch front board, whatever. And you just, you go down the line and I might do like three switchboard slides or something, but it's, it doesn't need to be any structured, but you, it makes you not stop. Because you know how sometimes you stop, you get paralyzed, and yeah. you're like, ah, and you may have only hit it 10 times. It's like, nah, just, and then it's like anything. The more reps you get, the better you feel on your board, and yeah. Those those clips that you you all got were, I feel like in the beginning of the season, I'm so much more prone to be like, I want iPhone clips, like, and you put these little edits together. I guess that's kind of a ritual is like, yeah. you're, you know, you're, dr- you're putting together new little clips in the beginning of the season, but by like February, I'm like, don't even take the iPhone out. Like, yeah. who knows what's going to happen? So that's always a cool thing about the beginning of the year because me and my friends are all, like, psyched to be out there again that we're like, film this or I'll, I, I'm going to follow you on, like, things that maybe we wouldn't normally. So, yeah. So, yeah, I love the feed on this time of year of just people getting back after it. Grandies, your preseason ritual is such a flex. Like, it's just insane. Like, yeah, you know, I go to the spot. Okay, that's check one. Uh, JP and Flex. Jeremy, <laughs> Seth, you know, throwing like whiz. They're like, okay, that's a check. It's like, Flex. and then multiple times, I'm like, damn, there's a lot of people, including myself, listening. Like, that's just preseason. That's not even like the year yet. Like, just mellow, just go out with the boys. We're talking about practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've known those guys for a long you time. Know, there are people who have never been to the spot. Let me tell you something. This is how it works. We get up early because we're old. So it's like I I want to get up there before the kids because you know when Coop and the dust box show up, phew, no like bad day to be a piece of steel. Let me tell you that bad day. So you know I like to get up there with the the old guys. We're we're back down we're back down at the truck by noon. You know that's, I was telling Katie that about Woodward Park City. She's like, oh, you live here. Like where do you? I'm like, oh, I go to Woodward Park City, but I'm gone before all the cool people show up. Like yeah. you guys get there later. Like I'm out. I'm like. Nine to one, ten to two ish, and then even then, it's like the cool kids coming off off the mountain. They're coming up to Wilbur Park City. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm gone at that point. You guys go destroy it. I'm stick with what I've done. You should. You got to film with a dust box. We should mesh these generations up together. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, one of I my biggest flex. I, I mean, it's not dust box, but like well, Warbs I've known forever too. But like Nick Baden, I'm a big, big Nick Baden fan. And so when he's like got his posse and he comes up and says, what's up? I'm like, see Feels that? Good. Still got Feels it. Good. Still got Still it. Got it. Yeah. But I have a folder of y'all, the cool, the younger kids, well, the cool kids when they were younger that took photos with me. Okay. So that if is, they ever like get too cool or start talking smack, mm-hmm. you know, I drop the photo. Yeah, that's smart. So I got a couple of like them. A, like an appearance, like get a yep. photo with Louis Vito. But I'm like, situation. yeah, you guys are going to talk smack. We took a photo together when you were a little kid and like that almost would ruin like your Santa image. Claus yeah. type thing. Yeah, so. It's a little but, bit of a blackmail. It's like you're blackmailing them, basically. Yeah. You're like, I have this. Exactly. This could but ruin they've all your been career. Cool. For the record, they're all like, I want to talk about hard boiled eggs for a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's let's talk hard boiled because I brought some because I, the, this guy like if you ever hung out with Louis, he's just mysteriously he's pulling out he's pulling out hard boiled eggs all over the place. It's unbelievable. Like he's got and and he, so much so that what do you do when you fly? Tell tell him about the flying no. ritual. <laughs> no, well, I, mean, I, I have a an hard boiled egg. Like I call it my egg briefcase because it's like this plastic <laughs> one. It's, I don't know, it's yellow, but it's got a handle, so you can straight up just roll with it. Like if you didn't want to put it in your backpack, you can like roll with it like a briefcase. So I keep that in my bag. So, um, but now that I'm like a little more conscious of the people around me, I'll go to the bathroom in the plane. <laughs> and I sit there, 
put my legs up because I'm short, so I got plenty of room. Oh my god! Lay like a paper towel on my lap, and then I'll crack them there so it doesn't stink up the plane. Yeah, and then I get it in. Louis, I think we we might be kindred spirits. I have a weird, hard boiled egg obsession too. There was like that weird. I mean, <laughs> you eat them in bathrooms? Yeah. So, no, no, not that weird. Crying, I was say, crying in an airplane. <laughs> there was like the heat wave in Portland, Oregon. It's like 105 degrees. Setting me up nicely. And, <laughs> me and Emma Crosby, Jill Perkins, Desiree, we're all crammed in the basement. No, she has no air conditioning at Desiree's Ooh. house. I decide I'm hungry. I'm going to make some hard boiled eggs. And everyone is like, disgusted in me like it just smells like hard-boiled eggs in our, our hot like yeah, space I that then. <laughs> so anytime i'm like remember that time it was so hot and they're all like yeah when you cooked 12 hard-boiled eggs and ate them for the next three days you gotta oh get the hard-boiled God, egg dude. cooker oh wow it's like 20 bucks on amazon it's just like this little circle and it's got a dome and you can place like six eggs and then it's how much there's like a measuring cup that comes with it so if you want it like soft boiled medium boiled whatever just fill it up press the button and then it like an alarm goes off you take it out put them under cold water you're good to go you don't even have to watch water boiling sell me sell me on the sell me on this hard boiled egg obsession I call them pocket eggs. I went through a pocket egg phase. <laughs> but now I know there's a briefcase. I'm not going to lie. I did that too. And my funniest thing I'll tell you right now, nobody, not really many people know this, but when I was used to go out like in LA a bunch, you know, I eat every three hours. So I'm like, okay, it's, you know, like 8.30. I'm going to have to eat in 30 minutes because I like to eat at nine or whatever it was. So I had one in a, pla- in a, in a Ziploc bag in my pocket. So we go out to the club in LA I'm like, wasn't there very long. I'm like, okay, I got to get my egg in. So I went bathroom. to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just because I don't want to like. People are doing lines. <laughs> you're feeling that's what an I'm egg. Saying. So I, the dude, like, the guy, like, got all weird. Like, I think a security guard, like, literally thought I was doing that. I'm like, no, man, I'm just eating a hard-boiled egg. There's no, no snow bumps over here. Like, I'm just having a hard-boiled egg, enjoying myself, get the protein in. <laughs> Can we get, like, a, a lesson in chemistry here? Is there, like, how, are you getting like, a perfect peel every time? No, I mean, it depends on, like, if they've been through the ringer, you know, like flights and car rides, fridge, car That's ride. affecting the peelability? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. Okay. So sometimes it also depends on the hurry. If I'm just, like, savage, you know, I'll just whatever again. Yeah. I always think a guy that eats that many, you know, would just... I yeah. wish I was like the one where you could blow and pop it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's G. Yeah. I think that it's just like... It's just quick protein, and it's like... It's 60 low calories. Ca- low carb. Yeah. If you're just and eating to, to live... You just a couple hard-boiled eggs. Salt? No, I don't do that. Salt? No, I, I eat it in one bite, too. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. You could do Did that while dancing. Did you bring a briefcase, briefcase here? <laughs> I, was, I was going to for the props because I was like, just drop the So briefcase. no salt? Uh, so, I mean, it depends on if... Sometimes I hard-boil them and like, put them with other vegetables, and I'll do like hot sauce and stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I mean, if I'm pocket-egging it, like I'm in the backcountry, I, I just, would pocket salt, too, just personally. Yeah, <laughs> pocket salt with the <laughs> yeah. pocket egg, no, with the pocket hot, hot sauce. sauce. Yeah. 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 I'm a, yeah. Sauce is key. I'm a pocket platter the, guy, so... This, this uh, fall, I've just been like trying to cook things that I think would be good to bring in the backcountry. Like, I'm like, oh, I got to get good at rolling sushi, because that'll be a sick one. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying to think... Because I'm always hungry out there. Egg briefcase. Yeah, n- now I know about the briefcase <laughs> move. Do like the onigiri, like the full triangle wrap. Yep, that's what... So I, I, it's dope at the pipe. Like a lot of the Japanese, like whether it's the PT or a mom, like they'll bring up the, the rice balls 
And they're like, oh, Louie, here you go. I'm like, this is the best day ever. I'm going to be doing triples pretty soon, just eating what they eat. But, yeah, that's money on the mountain. Yeah. What about, uh, I got a question from Jack T. Bunnell. He wants to know, can Louie still dance? <clears throat> well, okay. I remember after Dancing with the Stars, we'd be at, like, Cecilia's and Breck. And for those people who don't know, it's the, the club in Breckenridge. And people would be like, come dance. I'm like, I don't dance. And they're like, we saw you on Dancing with the Stars. I'm like, okay, when they drop some ballroom music, then you'll see me hit the dance floor. Like, we didn't learn hip-hop over here. But uh, I could probably, if I had someone that knew what they are doing, I could probably get it, get down. But these hips are still pretty tight, so they don't move like they used to, <laughs> like a 21-year-old. 35, not stretched out. All right, uh, Silk, let's hit Nitro Turbo Takes. All right. Welcome to Nitro Turbo Takes! Brought to you by Nitro Snowboards and Kendu Eliasson. Nitro Snowboards has been building snowboard products, boards, boots, and bindings for over 34 years. And has one simple mission. To inspire people to get out and go snowboarding and support their local and global community by supporting the shops, the organizations, and the people who are dedicating their lives to this. Snowboarding is what got us here. And giving back to snowboarding is what keeps us here. The deeper the layers, the better the cake. Just like the snowboarding community, this season, Nitro is releasing a two-part film project, Layers. The Unintentional Culture of Snowboarding, a full-length 80-minute documentary exploring the different layers of the snowboard community around the world. And Cake, a classic get-hyped-to-go-boarding-with-your-friends kind of action film. Starring the infamous Nitro snowboard team. Premieres are happening worldwide, and both films are premiering online November 15th, so we'll see you there. These are kind of rapid-fire questions, so, you know, you can elaborate, but keep it tight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You guys copy that? I need Tight like Louie's hips. You. Exactly. <laughs> keep it tight like Louie's hard-boiled egg obsession, and also yeah. Katie's as well. Yeah, yeah, we just became best friends yeah, over hard-boiled eggs. Now I know what you were doing in the I bathroom earlier. In- <laughs> this is why we're sitting by each other. We're actually sharing them underneath the table. Yeah. We're all muscle, basically. Yeah, you, you look over here. We're- <laughs> you guys look good. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Yeah, whatever you're doing is working. Really. Yeah. All right, these questions are all submitted by Knut Eliason. Big shout out, Knut. All right, yeah, rapid fire. Keep it quick. Oh. Don't explain <laughs> it. Nobody wants to know. Just, just keep it quick. Question. Cool. Yes. Are, are one of us going to answer each question? Yeah, they're all directed yeah. to you. Okay, Everyone's okay. got a couple questions. Copy. All right. Jesse, how do we get more snowboarders to wear helmets? Uh, more snowboarders wear helmets than more snowboarders will wear helmets. Okay. Pro snowboarders. If you, yeah, if you go ahead and sponsor a kid on your team, wear a helmet, and don't pressure him to take it off. All right. Louie, X Games gold or Dancing with the Stars first place? I mean, for the brand of or my career as a whole, not as a snowboarder, Dancing with the Stars, but X Games gold was pretty good for my passion and the love I have for snowboarding. Kind of dodged it a little bit. You <laughs> <laughs> did it again. That wasn't even intentional. <laughs> you got to pick one. Um, Dancing with the Stars. Respect. I got a couple X Games gold, so it don't matter that much. Favorite video you've seen this year? <laughs> oh. Good luck. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, ooh. I mean, I like the ride movie, I would say. All right. Great choice. Uh, Jesse, what was your first snowboard shop, and what is your current favorite snowboard shop? 
first snowboard shop was Borderline up in yeah. Alaska. And your current favorite? Uh, blue and Gold uh, and Borderline, which is in Juneau now, but Jason Borgstead started Blue and Gold in Anchorage. All right, Katie, how will people buy and support the snowboard community in the future? Buy and support? Yeah. I think just more people snowboarding is probably uh, going to help everybody. So the more people we can get snowboarding. And I think that there's a lot of people that snowboard that maybe don't consider themselves like snowboarders. So making it more, make opening up the community to convert them to maybe going a couple of times a year to buying a season pass and going all the time and listening to the bomb hole and subscribing to slush and just becoming more of a involved there's room for everybody love it chris what's your go-to chairlift snack Oof. uh <laughs> you know I'm, i've been on no snack november so um mm. i haven't been eating That's snacks it's but it's normally on uh normally it's a bag of candy and like uh, some snooze i hate to say that that would probably <laughs> be a candy? not a hard-boiled egg not a hard-boiled what kind egg. of candy though oh if i was gonna go candy I mean, I'd probably go like either Mike and Ike's or Haribo's or Sour Patch Kids. Classic. Or like a salad of the three. <laughs> yes, or right. all three mixed together Louis, with a hard boiled How many super pipes are in the world? Well, this is a tough one because like at one time. Right now. Oh, right now there's probably two, three. China, uh, Sauce Fay, unless they tore that one down, and Kitsteinhorn. That are built right now. Coppers isn't built yet. China. What about midwinter? Midwinter, you have Copper, Woodward Park City, Locks, Mammoth, Ass or Buttermilk Aspen, um, and Crons Montana will build one normally in the spring. So I, just, I said Mammoth, yeah, like seven, eight, probably midwinter. All right, Jesse, will LibTech ever make a one foot specific pro model board for you? Uh no. <laughs> if they did, would you have a would you have a specific dream one foot trick to land on it? I mean, I've got dream one foot tricks for sure. But um, yeah, I've got dream one foot tricks. Let's hear one. Well, I always said that if I did a cab nine one foot, which I'm pretty sure I could have done at one point, but I never got around to it or bit off that much that I always dreamed of doing the cab nine one foot, let's say we're filming, landing and riding all the way out. We're at turn again in my dream. All the way down to the car. Pretty much you gotta walk across the flat, putting my board in the truck, going to the airport, gonna fly to Hawaii, pick up or fly to pick up Pika and Ollie and go to Hawaii. That's my dream. Like that is a very niche dream. (laughs) It's like sick to think about like landing a trick and like running it out to Hawaii. Like (laughs) Like the the landing continues mm-hmm. until you're on a beach. I don't know if that's you know? been done yet. Yeah, exactly. That's NBD. That's NBD. Yeah, so like that was sort of. Um, I'll be looking forward to this uh, next year at this time when we do a video recap, clip mm-hmm. recap for that clip. Oh my gosh, I don't think I'm gonna bite that off. That's not really in the realm anymore, but mm. I believe. But if, you know, like Bodie would have done if that you, trick by now if he was like a fakey one foot guy. But he's you not. know, if you start eating hard-boiled eggs, you might potentially have a chance Cheat to code. do this. Yeah. yeah. The problem is I'll just keep eating everything else and <laughs> <laughs> just add hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> Still extra protein for you. I don't know if it's yeah. effective like that. Yeah. All right, Katie, social media, is it good or bad for snowboarding? 
I think it's good. I mean, it's good that more. I wish that it was more relevant when I was a kid because you would just get more inspired by what other people are doing. And I think anything that's that that good and that addictive is bad. So to, for you just have to manage that personally, but for the greater good of the sport, it's definitely great. All right, Louis. How would you convince a kid to start riding half pipe today? Um, I think just would explain how much it's going to help your overall snowboarding in general. Most half pipe riders can hit jumps really well. A lot of them can hit rails pretty well. I think it. You see more pipe riders that can ride everything than other aspects of snowboarding into the half pipe. Now there's exceptions, so I would say it's just the overall round out your snowboarding, your edging, that helps in all areas. I like that. Katie, what's missing from snowboarding right now? What's missing? My questions seem like very, very, uh, No pressure. Yeah, uh, yeah, just a little. What's missing in snowboarding? I think more trips for me to go to bald face. <laughs> uh, I, that's a oh, great answer. That's a great answer. Yeah. I, that's kind of a running joke because that's always my goal. Um, I think... Uh, Everyone's goal. I think that what's missing in snowboarding is maybe like more like accessibility and programs for people to try it and like maybe even just like the indoor slope that's going down in New Jersey I wouldn't be surprised if there's I mean there's definitely going to be some new pros that probably would have never been able to snowboard before so if there's a way to uh create more opportunities like that I think that that's missing um and I think I mean this is kind of like a a broader topic for something that I deal with personally, but uh, or not personally, but I think like more women in snowboarding on the internal side is something that I feel like is missing since I talk to all these brands and it's usually uh, guys and love them, but uh, it would be cool to like mix it up and see what uh, like a woman marketing manager could bring to the table. So yeah, I feel like that's missing from the internal side. All right. That's a great answer. Yeah. Jesse, who would win in a mini slope style contest right now? Mike Olson or Pete? Sorry. Oh wow, this would be really fun to watch. So, so this is for the explain to those people are for the layman's. So yeah, Mike and Pete are the founders of Mervin Manufacturing, GNU and LibTech, and they both shred a lot. But oh man, I've seen Mike do a front two seventy on a box. I was about to say he doesn't. Like get down in the park very much, but I've actually seen it go down. But Pete's a little more freestyle focused. Uh, he gets out there a little more, so I'd give a slight edge to my man Pete. Sorry on that one. All right, this is a all play scenario right here: nose press or tail press? Nose, tail press. Can do tails easier, but noses would like to do. Wait, better. wait, is this for us or is this what I'd rather see? Rather see. You do both. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Okay, for C, okay, I'm going to add a clarify that because I don't have a great <laughs> nose press these days, but I really like good nose presses. I'm definitely a tail press. Love a tail press. Mm-hmm. God, it feels good. Desert it? tail press. Does it just when you kind of just yeah, pop just, into that thing? Just I love kinda, a pop a wheelie. As, as we're all like, you know, ambidextrous riders, do you feel right. like switch nose presses? No. Like, 
Or like, there's no correlation. <laughs> no, not for me. <laughs> uh, I mean, you've got them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got switch frontside nose press. Good. Yeah, I've got them. Yep. I can't say the same. No, no yeah, correlation. I mean, I mean, I've done. I haven't done very many grand ones down big rails or anything, but. Yeah. All right, we got one more question, kind of tying in a topic from earlier. This is another all-play scenario. Is forward lean outdated? Oh, we kind of covered that. Uh, outdated? Yeah, I don't I think it's outdated. I think it's, I think it's good. It keeps your knees bent, keeps you uh, able to attack the mountain. I think it's a good thing. Gives you more oppor- options, you know? More opportunity. Yeah, more options. We're all here for that. A lot options. of people ride a ton of forward lean. Northwest, no. especially yeah. in the Northwest. Yeah, really. I mean, yeah, they're cranking all the way up to four every day. All mm-hmm. the Baker riders, you know, so it's very much. Happening. That's the selling point right there for why you should <laughs> run forward lane. Yeah, Baker people run it. The Lokes, that's good to go. Yeah. All right, we got a question. That is that all of them? So that's it. Okay, we got a question. I think this is a good one on topic from Rick Zone Three. It says. It's not really a question. It's more of a statement that we can elaborate on. Affordability of current snowboard equipment. $800 snowboards, WTF. I got a take. Okay. Okay. Agreed. Snowboards are expensive. However, you can find cheap product. If you go on KSL or that's what we have here in Utah or Facebook Marketplace or you're used, you know, you go to a, a secondhand shop like uh, where they sell used gear. Milo does that here in Utah. Like you can find $20 boots and you can find $50 snowboards and there's good snowboards out there. So it doesn't discredit, like I don't want to discredit his statement for expensive brand new retail, but there is a solution if you don't have $800 to buy uh, the most top of the line board. I think it's relative to just the expensive world that we live in. Where, I mean, $800 is going out to dinner t- three times these days. So I really think it's... Shit, where are you going to <laughs> not, at pa- not at Panda Express, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, you, you take your friends out to dinner. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I usually spend about $400 every time I go out to dinner. No, but I, I think it, it's all relative. I think that's, it would... That's McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would argue that, like... You know, when you you save up for to get a snowboard or whatever, that's one thing. It's get getting to the mountain and those lift tickets that I feel like are more of the barrier. When it's when you do get that snowboard and then you have to go spend two hundred dollars to try it, um, that's kind of a harder pill to swallow. But yeah, like a, I don't if if you want to save up to get that new carbon fire orca, then. You should be able to, but then you should also be able to like get on the hill pretty easily. Yeah, if you like take the step to like jump into snowboarding and you have a couple friends doing it and you just get into a community, the product's gonna flow like the the salmon of the capistrana, you know, between one another, you know, like like you. That's how it was when I was growing up. Like we didn't have money for a lot of gear. You would get like the one thing. You would get like a board every three years and then you would get the bindings when you needed them and you would get the boots when you needed those. But like in the meantime, the stuff's breaking, but like all the homies are bringing their gear to, to play, you know, like here's some Burton two tongues to get you through the next couple of weeks, you know? And like, Oh, you know, like, I don't know. There's just a lot of that that goes on between snowboarders. So I used to like find out what the winnings were when I was a kid of a rail jam. And if it was a snowboard, I would like be like, we got to go to Pennsylvania this weekend. 
I need a new snowboard. Like, yeah. <laughs> so luckily my parents took me there, but. But yeah, and to Chris's point, there's like, especially this year, there's going to be a lot of closeout. There's like a lot of product in the market. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are making boards overseas and in places where they can turn out a lot more boards. And after COVID, there's a big glut in the marketplace. And so you are going to see even more cheap deals out there. So I think that, yeah, like you guys said, the secondary market's, market's big. Or if you do save up and buy a snowboard, like I've run bindings that aren't new. I probably run, I've run bindings that could be a couple years old as long as that's what I like and they stay together. So I think if you do spend that money, you just hope that you get what you need out of it, the longevity, you don't, you know, bust the sidewall or your edge. And then lift tickets are for sure, I think, what's really crushing everything right now. Yeah. Um, especially when you look at Europe compared to the States, it's such a big price discrepancy between, you know, these resorts in, in Europe for the most part are privately owned. And I think it's a lot cheaper to ride over there than it is in the States. And I think that's where it's the crushing. Because think, you spend $800 on a board, which is a lot, but you can ride that for years. You're spending one fifty, two hundred dollars for, you know, one day on the mountain, and you're and if that's if you're packing a lunch and you're not going in the lodge. So I like seeing like Woodward Park City. I think does a decent job where it's not super crazy expensive. You get a lot of runs, but you see even places now that have it in their parks. Like they might have like in their city parks, like a rail setup. I think Norway has one of those, and I think that's really cool because you kind of find a community and then kind of do it that way. But I like what Big Snow does. That's a great opportunity. But I think it's more lift tickets. It's harsh than product because product lasts longer than a lift ticket. Yeah. There's also that like used app that Travis has been talking about that people put their snowboards up on an app and you can get access to a bunch of used equipment that way. Milo sale in the fall. You know what would be interested to talk about is what you might know is how, why is a snowboard so expensive? You, you wouldn't probably know the best, partner, right? Yeah, I mean, it's everything that goes into it from the very beginning to the very end. I mean, it's a pretty complicated equation of, of materials, labor, everyone's time and energy all the way to the shop floor. There's just so many people shipping that touch a snowboard that, you know, first you got to buy all the stuff and get the right materials, the ones that are going to make your board ride the way you want it to over years and years and years of testing. And, and then you're subject to the global market at that point with the price of, of everything, you know, the price of plastics, the price of metals, Everything's fluctuating. I mean, we saw it during COVID, just crazy global economics playing out daily with prices of stuff where like what costs $2,000 to move from China to the U.S., China to L.A., the next year was costing $20,000, you know? It's like, you know, things get wild in a global economy and, and every snowboard manufacturer, whether they're domestic or international, is dealing with that. Uh, but domestically, you know, for Mervin, we're dealing, you know, we have the opportunity to make our boards domestically, which is great, but it also comes with an expense there, you know, that's, that we live in the richest country in the world, and uh, there's an expense there. And labor and the cost the of the labor, building yeah. and the cost of that, whereas you can outsource it for cheaper from China and get a board made there, but then you got to ship it over. And yeah, and you don't complex. get to control the exact recipes and and really create the 
the the dream toys that you want to create, you know. And so, but yeah, and then you know, just all the hands that touch it, yeah, like every step, every process. There's all these people, and by the time it gets to you, there's even been you know a rep and a shop. So there's two more stages there. So um, everything, everyone needs to be paid for their time, and so yeah. that's just. <laughs> You know, economics 101, but and this is also like a really technical piece of equipment with a ton of different pieces inside of it. Uh, it's not, it's not just you know seven plies. It's like a lot of different materials and engineering, and a lot of times um, some pretty, uh, some pretty extravagant materials, exotic materials. Cool. That was a good explanation. More than I knew about making a board. All right, winter is here. In some places, it's on its way. And the stage is set across more than 50 of the best destinations around. It's time to grab your Icon Pass and drop in on the good stuff that awaits. December 14th is your last chance to buy an Icon Pass before they go off sale for the season. They got 10 countries, almost as many languages, and endless ways to play. Now is the moment to pull out the map and start planning for the good stuff you'll score at bombhole beloved destinations like Mammoth, Steamboat, Big Sky, Snowbird, and many others. Of course, home mountain missions are never to be shunned because days with the crew and some well-known turns are what make the season fun. In fact, Icon Pass has an option for every rider in your crew. They got options starting from $319 adult. The Icon Session Pass provides two, three, or four days of access to select destinations or for the more frequent rider, the Icon Pass unlocks the most access with no blackout dates to all 50-plus destinations. Once you've got your pass, you're automatically a member of a mountain-minded community who receive access to streaming entertainment from Outside Plus and Paramount Plus, exclusive offers from brands like Smith, discounts on lift tickets for friends and family, not to mention discounts on food, beverage, and retail purchases. Yep, it's all good, and it's waiting for you. But remember, December 14th is your last chance to buy an Icon Pass before they go off sale for the season. Claim your pass. The good stuff is coming at IconPass.com before it's too late. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Oakley. Now, their team collection outerwear just dropped. You can catch Sage Kossenberg out there. He's got a nice yellow and green kit looking fresh. I saw the Stolle Sandback collection. He's looking clean out there. So check out their new athlete collection if you're interested in some new outerwear. They also have some new innovation in the Mod 3. They got 360 BOA, so it makes for a really good snug fit on your head if you're looking for a premium helmet. I love the BOA system, whether you're wearing a beanie or whether you're just wearing like a balaclava that's thin underneath it. It's got good adjustability. It doesn't interfere with your goggles. So check out the Mod 3 if you're interested in getting yourself a snowboard helmet. Some of them have MIPS as well if you're looking for that technology as well. And be sure to be on the lookout for Oakley Community Days. It's a great event for people to come out and ride. We'll be sharing the dates and locations soon, so be on the lookout for that. All right, we're going to talk about Sunbum. Now, remember, sun care is year-round, so don't forget about it in the winter months. I use the Mineral Stick SPF 50. It's a really small thing I keep in my pocket when I snowboard. And you want to make sure you don't get cooked out there on the slopes. Now, speaking of homies that are cooked, the Sunbum Ambassadors are elite. They got a killer team. 
We got Parker Zumowski, Steffi Luxton, Jed Anderson, Blake Paul, Jill Perkins, Brian Fox. Really sick snowboard team that supports snowboarding. So you always want to support those brands that support snowboarding. A lot of people don't know. They make a full line of sun care, skin care, hair care, lip care, kids and baby with SPF protection. They make shampoo. I got it in my shower. It works great. And nobody can attest this more than Blake Paul. If you've ever seen his lettuce flowing in the wind when he snowboards without goggles, it looks it's glistening. It looks beautiful. That, well, that's because Sunbum. Their motto is trust the bum. You can buy it at your local snowboard shops or surf shops or at sunbum.com and use promo code THEBOMBHOLE to save 15% off your order. <laughs> well, speaking of boards, we got uh, Ryan McDermott. We're about to call him. And I just want to know, like, I've ridden a McDermott board. The the hype is real. Like, when he tunes your board, the fastest snowboard I've ever ridden was tuned by him at uh, Red Bull Recharge. I was going to say, was it due to her when you went to the bottom of that job? <laughs> <laughs> No, that was uh, me not listening to Dave Reynolds. What's <laughs> okay. the speed? I haven't hit the jumps. Uh, two turns. Okay, what? Should I go straight? No, don't go straight. And then I went straight. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, Louis, yeah. you've ridden um, you, McDermott tuned yeah, he, stuff? Yeah, gr- he grinds all my snowboards. And uh, also, shout out to Chip, who works for Ryan as well. He does a really good job. Those guys just, it makes such a big difference. A good gr- grind on your board. Hundred percent. So, with um, with McDermott here, he um, he's on the line, but I'm going to intro him. So he's the wax tech for a lot of the top riders, a bunch of national teams, but he also does all the big dogs. Like I said earlier, pretty much every podium that you see, probably two out of the three riders are tuned by McDermott. Um, other stuff too is that like it, it when it's bad weather. The only way to get air in a half pipe, you're dependent on the wax tech. It's a really interesting job. So we got McDermott on the line. Let me bring you on. Ryan, you there? Hey, Chris. How's it going, man? Doing great. You got Louis Vito, Katie Kennedy, and Bertner in studio. Um, happy to have you on the line. Where are you at right now? <laughs> Same place as always. I'm actually back in the shop again, man. Just uh, just getting into a couple boards. So. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, interested for you to share to our listeners. I think it would be interesting to kind of explain exactly what you do for a lot of these top athletes and uh, kind of what your role is. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, and uh, hey to, uh, to Louie. Lots of love to Louie, uh, Katie, and uh, Jesse, big fans. Um, and uh, is it Silk? Silk D, right? He's, yeah. he's, I'm assuming oh, he's yeah. there as well. Oh yeah. Sorry. I didn't intro Uh-oh. silk. I like that. You, you know, silk though. respect. No, That's too so easy. Attention. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, you, you know, we just, uh, a lot of it is just prep work, you know, like we, we, um, I would probably the best way to, to describe the, the like tech job or the wax job is just our wax technician job is, um, trying to just keep it as consistent as possible for the riders, you know, like, like you kind of mentioned, you know, like we'll, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll look into variable weather patterns or whatever. And we just, uh, we just, or, you know, maybe some speed traps in the, the course at, you know, just due to like shade or, or where it plans out just naturally. Um, we'll try to, uh, we'll try to, uh, prepare it for that. So that the riders can just keep their speed up through, uh, through the course and through the pipe and, um, you know, and let them do that do their job like do what they do best man i mean it's literally like 98 percent 
rider up there and then it's just like you know the rest of us goofballs trying not to get in their way you know (laughs) so you're too humble um so i'm gonna keep making sure that you um get some shine here because i know you're gonna keep deflecting it but uh you know one thing i think that's interesting is that you were telling me that you wax for finals you know let's say if you're waxing a board the night before and you know finals are at two you're gonna wax the board for what you think the snow condition is gonna be at 2 p.m correct yeah yeah i mean it's it's tough sometimes we'll get a, a split where we'll get the guys to go out like um louie can probably attest to this contest wise um we'll get the guys and they'll they'll get to be able to get into a like practice like an open session with the women in the morning and um you know a lot of times it's just to let them get a get their legs under them and get a feel for the pipe but uh for the most part we're we're waxing for the afternoon so sometimes some of the riders will be like whoa it's a little grippy in there it's a little slow but you know we've we've already waxed for the the afternoon sesh you know and uh and and you know we've got a a bunch of band-aids up there so to say like what we call overlays that we could put on the boards and try to give them like temporary fixes so they can get through what they got to but what we wanted to do is ultimately hit when their when their time slots up like you know because you know sometimes like we'll have a like a women's session at like starting at like 9 30 or 10 and uh slope or pipe will be completely different for um the women to the men so uh yeah so we will we'll wax for different parts of the day and yeah you know louie you ever have uh mcdermott kind of save you on a snowy pipe contest day I mean, pretty much every every snowy pipe contest, he's there. I mean, I send all my boards to him, and I think for the viewers that don't also understand, because like you said, he's extremely humble. These guys are like the first ones at the pipe or to or to slope style. They do the women's practice contest, the break practice for the guys, contest for the guys, ends at like 3 o'clock. So we're working that entire time, figuring it all out, standing outside in the elements. And then he goes to the shop and has to prep all the boards for a full another day of that. So I think that's the other thing that I got to give you props on because you withstand the weather. And then the amount of riders, you go into the shop and it's like the who's who of snowboards lined up. And it's it's kind of fun to walk around when you're talking because you're like, oh, there's Mark's board. Oh, there's Ben's board. Oh, there's Danny's board. It's like you can just see all the biggest name riders boards lined up in the shop. I can't even believe that you guys get it done. But also shout out Chip for putting in work too. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, Chip Pru, uh, my partner here in the shop, um, kid's a legend and, uh, you know, he, he does so much and, you know, and also uh, a big shout out to like Stu Soares and uh, Kenny Nault for those years. I know that they, they're half pipe magicians, you know, and they've, uh, they've been out there. Same deal, you know, and, and there are, there's so many uh, men and women like technicians that are just like, you know that do it but i mean we're we're fortunate too i think chris and i had kind of just got into it a little bit but it's like you know we're, you know we're also dealing with some of the best pipes and the best parks like slope runs in the world you know so it's uh it's it's a blast man like you know to see like riders get to express themselves on it and you know it's funny because it's like i always get people like oh like who do you got like who are you pulling for i was like i don't give a shit oh i mean i don't i don't care i'm like I just, man, you see the run and, you know, you see the kid, he might not be on the podium or she might not be on the podium, but you see the run that makes you want to go shred. You know what I mean? So those are, those are the big ones. Mm. 
I like it. So one thing that's cool to talk about too is like like Louis mentioned, you know, on a big contest, let's say Friday's practice, Saturday's finals. Um, on Friday, you guys get all the boards. What time are you tuning? You know, everybody from Stale to to Jamie Anderson. You know, all of the top boards. You got to go take them and tune them. What time are you usually done the night before a finals tuning all the boards? You know, it all it all depends. You know, um, sometimes just the cars will dictate that. You know, I'm sure. You know, like. I'm sure you guys all know, like there's just hard days out there where the snow just destroys boards. So it could take, you know, three to four coats of wax through it, cleaning up edge work and stuff like that. And, you know, a big one is, is we check out bindings all the time. Cause you never know, you know, that's usually where the boards, I'm sure you guys are all familiar with it. Um, that's where the boards break mostly. So just on impact and like low landings or, copings or knuckles or anything like that or rails or anything so we, we we first we we check that out and uh you know then we decide like you know like the who the rider is and if it's a good move like putting it in their head that hey your board snapped in half sometimes it's uh it's like hey they've been riding the second board and they're just as comfortable and they're not going to care at all so let's get them on that right away without saying anything but you know i mean you know how it is snowboarders are we're creatures of habit. You look down and you're like, Whoa, uh, this isn't yesterday's board. That's the wrong sticker in the wrong place. And you know, you have questions. So it's a kind of a delicate matter, but that's usually the beginning of the night. And then the rest of the night is, you know, it's just getting through the work and, you know, most nights I'd like to say we're done before midnight, but there's, there's some, there's some crazy ones. There's some marathon ones where you're seeing the sun come up and you're just like, Oh boy, <laughs> it's good gonna be a long day on hill respect for the unsung heroes behind the scene i'm curious do different riders have different edge bevels that they give you too oh yeah for sure yeah um like mm-hmm. i would say like coming into the early 2000s you know uh smaller jumps and mostly like heavy rail features and contests we had a lot of people going the jp route and just like kind of like just taking the edge completely off you know and then as the spins have gotten like just insane like the 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 amount of spins that these kids are doing and what they need to set into the snow and then to also to drive in as they're landing a lot of riders you know they're where we're setting them up with pretty tight edges as uh as far as slopes out louis can attest for pipe you know it depends on the pipe too a lot of times we'll go with what's uh one in one bevel like uh and that's usually established out of the factory and uh we we try to stay with that we might tighten it up but um you know like uh it depends on the rider too you know some some riders want to you know want a little detune up at contact or you know in in certain areas of the board and um you know it's uh it's really weird i think a lot of times we allocate it to um breaking in a a baseball mitt you know like we kind of just get the board where the rider wants it we kind of accelerate the the break in early so when the rider gets on it they're ready to rip and and it feels like the last board they were on you know even if it's a brand new one because you know like you you definitely want that that snappiness of a new board but you know how it is man like you've been riding a board for for weeks or a month and you're like wow this thing's right where i want like it you know and so how do you break in somebody's board you hop around and do nose press in the carpet no right Uh, no a lot of times it's just a tune it's uh you know what we do is we introduce uh something called structure and um what a structure is it's it um 
for lack of a better word, it's a uh, a pattern that we'll put into the base of the board, and it kind of acts. Probably the best um, scenario I, I hear Chip using it all the time is um, it's like the tread on your tire, and um, naturally a board without uh, a flat flat board without um, structure in it will it'll be subject to adhesion or like almost like suction. I'm sure you guys have all felt that like in warmer conditions, like springtime, you're kind of on your front leg because you're just like, wow, man, this thing's not moving. And what structure does is it acts like that tire tread and it moves this, uh, as the board travels over the snow and the friction turns a snow molecule into a water molecule. It helps to channel it out from underneath it. So it, uh, it'll, uh, it'll create better, gl- a better glide ratio for the ball. So, we, we, we kind of tell clients all the time or, or riders all the time that, you know, a board with structure without wax will run, will eventually run better than a board with wax without structure because you'll eventually get that adhesion. So. Okay. Amazing. Wow. Great, great explanation. Now I'm curious, your wax tech for uh, team Canada, New Zealand, great Britain, uh, all the big dogs. Now you, you go to the Olympics and all that stuff. Are you technically like an, an Olympic team member do you have a ring or anything what's going they give you they give you any medals how does that work Dermot? <laughs> no <laughs> i'm just lucky they'll bring me man <laughs> you should so, you're uh, you're more important than the damn coach most of the time <laughs> no way um, when it's no, slow it's, uh, when it's slow uh, well yeah and fortunately you know we're, we're lucky like um there's crews like uh schneezer and i've been building the the olympic uh the olympic uh courses and cutting pipes they've been doing great jobs and we're really fortunate um to to have that at like you know have the riders get into that but um yeah man it's i'm just i'm lucky i get i get uh the, the crews that i work with the canadian crew um they're they're fantastic and they're you know chris chris wiki up there and uh tyler ashby and elliot and those guys all they're very um very just they love snowboarding and they're so down with me they're like look as long as our cats get it we we're down with whoever you're tuning for so you know get, get after it just make sure like if if kids need it help them out whether it's bindings or you know or whatever you know they know that like at the end of the day they're they're like look we'll put our kids up against anyone as long as it as long as it's just a good course and everyone's running so and that's it man we just you know, all those kids, I know, I know it's, it's gotten a little different. Louie can definitely talk to this, but it's gotten a little bit different with like, as we've gotten into this importance of Olympics, but man, it's like, you know, that was the raddest part about like snowboarding is you'd have cats from Japan running with like guys from the U S or, or Norwegians. And it, it, like, everyone was always like, just, you just ran with your, your friends that you were having the most fun riding with, you know? And, um, yeah, man. So it, it's fun. And I'm, I'm stoked that they let me kind of, or they, they'll, they're cool with me <laughs> working with whatever riders I work with. So now Louie just runs with all the Italians. Huh? He doesn't even hang out with the Americans. <laughs> all of them all by myself, <laughs> the entire team, just me. Whatever. You're a man of the people, Louie. Is there oh, ever sorry. a scenario where you want to go slower? Have you ever provided that for a rider? <laughs> you know, it, it's, you, that's a great question. It's scary at times. You know, you definitely get, um, you definitely get situations where riders are like, don't touch it. And like they, they're dialed to the speed of the course or they're still, you know, you know how hard it is to figure out what a run, like your, what your run's going to link up as. 
and then just any extra speed sometimes can blow it. So a lot of times the riders will come up and they'll just be like, you know, but that, that's also, that's riders too, man. They're so instinctive as far as, you know, you know, your approach on a rail, you know what you need as far as what check you need to put into it or a jump or, you know, or even on a pipe, you know, cause yeah, you get a little too loose and it can get, it can get saucy. Right? You just you know? tell them too, like, Hey, don't, don't brush this run. Right. Cause like they'll be doing it maybe before practice or after and right before you're going, they're like, what do you want? Or in between practice runs, like, how was that running? You're like, ah, oh, I need a little bit more. And they'll brush it out right there. So for me in pipe, I might say, leave it how we had it for practice. Like, cause I don't want to drop in and be like, right. oh my gosh, because they make such a big difference, especially like the first 20 to 50 yards that you can drop into the pipe and just be like feeling like that you're slipping backwards and your board's out running you. So you can communicate with them because they're constantly wanting to know how they're doing, what do you think, how's it riding. And then if you say, I'm feeling a little slow or sticky, they're like, okay, that's easy to fix. And they have all their magic that they throw together and then you're going too fast. <laughs> I have a question. I'm going to the Dirksen yeah. Derby in a couple weeks. Uh, can, yeah. Can you come? Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone on your team able to come with me? <laughs> no, but. How many of them? Um, if I guess yeah. what if for like somebody that doesn't, know that much yeah. besides the basics um what are some right, like right. some of those some of those techniques great question yeah yeah no that's a great one because we we've actually kind of gotten into this um where we get to this point where we're like okay it's 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 um it's ditch season it's uh slalom season you know like uh, you know like especially in the springtime but you know but that's man that's a that's a fantastic event and uh, uh hats off to josh for just always making it better right and uh um yeah i think the, the first start on it and man you're more than welcome to if, if you're out this way or if you want to send a board out we'll dial it up yep. for you um but yeah but like what it. we'll do is we would definitely uh structure it um like we'll true out the base which you know we'll put it over a stone and then after we get the structure into it we'll set your bevels to what you'd like like chris made a good point like what's your preference and if you're just like yo i just ride it out of factory we, we definitely put it back to that and we take whatever, whatever the rider feedback is and where it is. Like, if you're like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm doing the, uh, uh, like I'm doing the race, but then I'm also going to, I'm taking this to rails too, you know? So we want to make it so it transfers well for you. So, um, yeah, we do that. And then, uh, what we do is to prep it wax wise is we'll do a series of waxes and, you know, a good way for us to accelerate that is with, uh, we've got a piece of equipment called a hot box and, um, the hot box essentially lets us get about maybe three to four coats of wax in and about, you know, two, two and a half hours of, uh, of time in it. It's, it's essentially a base. It's a big oven and it bakes in the wax or infuses the base. I don't know if you've heard that expression, but, um, it's a, it's an old Nordic trick. And it was something that, you know, I think, uh, freestyle started to adopt like maybe mid like that, uh, early two thousands. And, uh, you know, like, like that's like something like Louis boards, they're probably subject to like four hot boxes. So ultimately it's like maybe like 10 to 12, you know, um, hot waxes. So your base is so infused with wax and, uh, what it creates is almost like a primer for the waxes that we want to put on to bond to because wax right onto your polyethylene, uh, base, they're not, they're not going to bond, but not, they'll pull when, when, uh, introduced to the friction in the snow. So what we do is we introduce so much 
wax that conditions the base that we can um we can start to wax at the temperature uh that we'd like to see for for what you're going to be riding in. wow Wow. I like that. One, one other thing is a cool topic, I think, as well, is like a lot of people talk about the base, the base, the base. we got to wax the base. But for you guys, how important is a smooth edge in getting as much speed as possible? Yeah, that's a good one. You know, also just for like, you know, for rail riding, that's a, that's a really interesting one because, you know, a lot of kids, like we get so many li- like shreds that come in and they're just like, hey, just don't, whatever you do, like <laughs> wax my, my base, but I don't, don't touch my edges. But the trouble is when you get your, your board on edge, what happens is if you have what we, we call burrs or damage to your edge, that'll drag in the snow, like a, like an anchor. So what we do is if we could clean that off, like the saying's always been a clean edge is a fast edge, you know? And, um, so what we'll do is we'll, you know, we'll, we'll clean that edge off. It doesn't necessarily have to be sharp, but we want to bring it back to like a clean edge. So when you get it on edge, it just, it cuts right through snow I mean, you can hold your line nice and clean. And even on a rail, you know, you don't have that bird that catches up or anything. So good stuff. Okay. McDermott. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. I think it's really interesting stuff for me and I, hopefully our listeners too, that are snowboard nerds. So, um, I really appreciate <laughs> you taking the time. I think, uh, are you going to be at all the events this year? Yeah, we get we get ramped up uh, starting with uh, Copper World Cup, and then from there, you know, right after uh, after the New Year, where it's that you know that stretch, it just it gets kind of crazy with uh, I think it's Locks, X Games, Mammoth, Calgary, uh, a, a minute off, uh, fingers crossed on a do tour, and then we're uh, and then we got a couple of Euro events to finish it off, and then yeah, man, and then fun, then fun time, spring time shred, so. And, and anybody that's looking to get a world-class tune from a true guru, send their boards to Montessera, right? Right in Summit County. That's uh, your shop. Yeah. Or, you know, and also you definitely use your local shops, man. Like for sure. I was like, we're always open. We're, we're, we're stoked to have people. We got some people that transient through Colorado and they're like, yo, I heard about this place and I want to get a board tune. Yeah. We're, we're always open and we're welcome, like definitely welcoming in work for sure so please do but yeah use your local shops too there's a lot of good uh a lot of good uh guys and girls out there tacking and you know and and uh they're they're stoked to get on your gear and and help you out with it so cool well thank you so much we appreciate you taking the time mcdermott and uh thanks for thanks for calling in yeah thanks guys thanks for having me on we'll talk to you soon all right see ya peace All right, let's get back into it here. Uh, We're going to talk Natty Select. Particularly, we had a question of who would be your Natty Select wildcard choice? I forget who asked that. I don't have notes on who asked it. Thank you, whoever submitted that question. It's a great one. Um, Jesse, you want to start off? Sure. There's so many good ones, but I'm going to go with my friend Phil Hansen. Ooh, great choice! Because I just—he's got these tricks. He's his tricks are—he can whip tricks out in so many scenarios, and he doesn't fall. So I think he could do some damage. Who do you think would be the worst person to compete in Natty Select? Just uh, you got anybody that comes to mind that was just—just it would be just a train wreck. Louis, Louis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's pointing to himself. I would say I get lost. 
Yeah, I would be horrible as well. They should have like a civilian league, like kind of like yeah, yeah. best of the worst. It would really just be like people getting so lost. It would be hilarious. Like, like, you know? like, what was, which one was it where they had like that crazy, I think it was Ben. Somebody ended oh, up yeah, there. Oh, yeah, Ben, yeah. Like, I've oh always my admired God. that about big mountain riders. They look at a picture and they're like, okay, and they go up on the top and it's and it's pretty much backwards and they're like, okay, this is where I am on the... I don't know where I... I don't pay attention enough to know where I am on a mountain half the time. So I would end up and be like, oh yeah, I found the freaking sheer cliff. I shouldn't be here and I'm cliffed out and I'm... Can you send the heli to come pick me up? That's how I view it. So I just give them props that they can... They know where they are because there's such a big... Terrain. So you want the heli bump off the face is what you're opting for, is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm gonna get the heli to come pick me up and bring me down (laughs) just to give me the ride. I would be like time as possible. Doing my run and I would like well, like botch the the feature and then be like, hold on and unstrap and like (laughs) hike up and like pat it down and then be like, Okay, radio maybe ten tries. (laughs) Just start fill it in fill it in your landing. Yeah, I'm like making a landing, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) All right, Katie, who's you who you got? Mm, well, so I have all like you know the female eyes on. That's who I look at, I guess. Um, I guess first off, I feel like the female selection of natural of that competition is so kind of funny because there's like Zoe who's like twenty, and then there's like forty five year olds, and there's not a big like there's like a missing gap of of generation. So anyone that I feel like is around in that generation should, should have an opportunity. Um, but I got to ride with Laura Hadar at Baldface, and I know she's kind of been out of the game or at least the spotlight, but one of the best free riders, like didn't let, didn't fall, like just dropping everything, knew exactly where she was, such good style. And it would, I, I just, after watching your snowboard, I was like, you're one of my favorite snowboarders and you rode the mountain like super confidently and well, and it'd be cool. That that would be my mm. wild card. That would be so fun to see Hadar. Yeah, she'd, she'd rip it too. Yeah, yeah just co- just showing up late to, to yeah, bringing some of the classic. Louis, Louis what do you got? Mark Frank Montoya open jacket. Wow! wow. Oh my you, god! You know he still see, got it. I want to just see him send just arms out floating just. Just for distance, shifty, just shifties all the yeah. way down the course. Maybe, like maybe they could have some puddles, that, and he could like unstrap and stomp around in the puddles, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, his back and black part that's at the right. bottom, like when they're in front of the logo yeah, board. Yeah, could have, they have to pan the camera over. He's just off to the side, <laughs> like stomping. stomping. Yeah, we would need a puddle stomping <laughs> segment, like yeah. a cigar off the hundred dollar bill. Yes, those but would all be sections like of the course. <laughs> big drop. Everyone's doing like big tricks. You know, maybe a double, and then he just. Or he has a half cab over poke indie. That was dope. So I'd say I want something. Or like Kevin Backstrom. Like just He's been cr- in it. Yeah, he's been, been in it. Was yeah. that, oh, that was yeah. early on, I guess. Louis, jeez. Right. Your, credi- your credibility is grenading. Ulrich. Uh, was Ulrich in it? No. No, he wasn't. Okay. Because yeah. you know he'll send. Yeah, he'd send. Okay, I got, I got, here's my picks. My picks are good. My picks are good. Okay. okay. Uh, first one, Mason Jar. Okay. Mason Jar would yeah. land in the fucking parking lot. He would go so, e- I don't think he would land his run. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna say that, but he would not speed check before anything, and it would be exciting, and the course would probably be decimated afterwards. Or if he did land, it would be the best fucking thing ever. And then take two, who actually I think would compete, like who has a chance to win, would be Bimo, Bimo Barrel Seeker. He uh, he fucking he. We, we got to get him in there. Didn't he win? Free ride World Tour. Yeah, twice yeah. maybe or yeah, or yeah. something. But he, I would think he would. 
He's on his way to getting mm-hmm. in there. Okay. He had the best like follow up interview. And he's like, then then the backflip that was chill. That was my favorite part of the run. Like it was chill. He's backflipped off like a thirty five foot cliff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's a different. I mean, that's just like such a different thing because, like, it's like it's natural, obviously, but it's just you got to go when you go, and here you go, just do your thing. There's no, there might be a jump, there might not be a jump. Who can ride the mountain the best? Who can get the most creative? But it's really cool for me to watch and see the different visions and different types of riding, where it's not like a slope style course. It's not just like a big line. It's who get creative and then add your flavor to it, which is what I like to watch. Mm. Now, with your take, we'll, we'll, we talk about this all the time, but I'd love to get your take because we, it's, we're beating the dead horse, dragging it along. But the competitive snowboarding is getting, I think women's snowboarding competitively is more fun to watch. It's, it's exciting. I know what's going on. The runs are fucking boss. Zoe's landing at the bottom. But then the, the, the introduction of the airbag is getting it's just getting so much rotations in half pipe particularly it's not as it's it's not as gnarly than like big air you know but what do you think about where we're headed with these giant spins as a competitive snowboard well back up just a little bit i think it's it's what makes me laugh is we used to get so much crap in half pipe like oh it's like gymnastics doubles all the way down and now slope style I mean, where somebody would do a cab nine on that jump, it's a cab double 12. So if you watch a trick and you think it's a cab nine, it's probably a cab double 12. And they're going so many spins, so many flips from takeoff to landing that like, it's so hard to even understand. And that is, like you said, from the airbag, um, which is so big right now, and they're all over. Um, as far as half pipe, I think it's it's slowed down a little bit. Like the triples will be for a while where you'll be but I think you're starting to see a little bit more creativity so you look at like a double cork everybody was grabbing like indie melon you know the basics now you're starting to see a little bit more flavor with it and a little more style with it and I think the triple might get there but for a while it's just people are just going to do it to do it Um, I think what I would like to see is two events for half pipe one week at the Olympics let's say is half pipe and then week two at the Olympics is the modified and I think the modified is going to be something that will be more popular. But I think half pipe, I would like to see stick around. But you're seeing more creativity. Jan's doing a great job. Taylor did a great job with that. There's people, Lucas Foster, the double alley McTwist, chicken wing, that's super sick. So I think it's also kind of puts pressure on the judges because it's what they're scoring. Mm-hmm. Would you rather see a back double 12, which is a gnarly trick, or Jan to do a backside nine shifty, which is the tough like I used to say Danny Davis's runs were so sick and so much style but I honestly believe that he's one of the few people who could do that run and get a good score like if I rolled in and did that they'd be like well Louie always always done chucked himself like what is he doing it's not that sick (laughs) are they like judging for like you doing something new to your like bringing something new to your run yourself See, but that's but that's where the Did, subjectivity they, comes into because I've had a judge say like, oh, you didn't do this trick. We like when you do this trick instead. It's like, okay, but you're supposed to judge what I did. And also it's like, what if this person, Ayumu, for instance, he can do triples pretty easily. So are you going to give somebody who's never done a triple in a contest a bigger score, even if it wasn't as good as Ayumu because you've seen Ayumu do it for two years? And that's where it gets a little tricky because you're supposed to judge what you're seeing, the actual run, not who's doing the run. Yeah, totally. So that's, that's where a good it gets point. tricky. That's a good point. Yeah, that's but I think it's, it's, it's a little bit of the riders and it's a little bit of the judging. 
because we don't, it's subjective. It's like, sometimes it does to me, it goes into who's doing that run. Cause not everybody can do it. Like certain, like Danny can do this run. I don't think if I did that, granted we have very different styles, but like I would score the same. It's just like Danny's thing. This is my thing. I've been doing it for so long. Tech, technical tricks. He's got stylish, floaty tricks. But riders are always chasing the bigger spin because that's what's scoring. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like a kind of a yin and a yang that needs to come together where I think the modified will add to that into the half pipe and vice versa. They'll feed off of each other. Or you can have, it's kind of like big air and slope, which big air and you have the riders who are really good at big air, but putting together a top to bottom run might not be their forte. Whereas half pipe, you have to be technically sound, and then a modified might allow for you to have some double edging, and you don't score that as harshly. It's more about creativity and making the rider do big tricks, but also stand out from the rest. Because mm. that's where it's easy in half pipe. Like, how are you gonna judge three double twelves that all grab the same, all look the same? It's like hard to separate at that point. Yeah, amplitude. It's like how you stitched, stitched it together. Yeah, but like the Red Bull double pipe, like that was that was cool. I, they honestly, had a jump at the beginning of that too. On one of your, <laughs> yeah. I, I like the jump into the pipe contest. Yeah, so I mean that's like another one where I honestly think the days before the actual event was more fun. But I think bringing back two, bringing back a jam because now that's it. At X Games though, they that's have it. A, a jam. No, it's run format. It's modify. Ernie, sorry, no. it's yeah, it's like what I can't remember. Not they had it's not a jam. Yeah, it's like I get up there before you. Oh no, you have to wait. Chris is ahead of you on the start sheet. I'm like, so why is this a jam? It's like, not I just a jam. so I think going back to like the Vans Cup where they actually did a true jam. You just hike. Wow. hike you do a one hit. Hike. I think that would be the best for the viewers too. Like, obviously the camera, the cameramen and camera women would get absolutely like buckled because they always miss everything whenever they try to do stuff like this. But in terms of like a live event, the the freaking just hike it. You got single hits. You got one hits. You're pe- some people are doing full pulls. Some people are blasting straight air. Some, you know, everybody's just attacking the pipe. I think that would be the most exciting for the viewers and and the people there. It would probably be harder to judge, but I think the energy would be cool. And you'd also the thing that I, I'd like about it is you get to see how deep somebody's bag of tricks is, right? If somebody's mixing up their run the whole time, like that's what was cool about Danny. Danny always mixed up his runs and did weird stuff, and that would be an opportunity for somebody like him or, you know, Chase, to, who has got a deep bag to, to kind of shine. Yeah. But I think the thing is, it was interesting, and I mean, this is just not, I have the most respect, so it's like, I felt like Danny had way better results when it was a three-run final than two. because two, And I think it makes a big difference, where I like two because I like that pressure, but you're like, this is the run I got to do. Or three, you have a little bit of room to maybe put down one and then try something different and mix it up, and it took a little bit of the pressure off, and I thought that Danny always thrived in that. And it was funny because he might not land a two-run one as consistently. This is obviously, I'm sure there's probably data that could tell you otherwise, but in my memory, in three, he would land all three, and it would be three different runs, but the jam would give you, like, also it would give you a chance to do a combination that, like, it might be a two time out of 10 tries that you're going to land it, but it's going to push it in a different way. And I think that it's just exciting. I mean, like you said, the viewer just sitting there, imagine a live one too. It's just action, 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 action. And then you could do, I mean, overall or like standout. I mean, you have different categories you can do too. Um, I think the riders would have fun. You're really feeding off of each other or you just 
where you kind of throw caution to the wind a little bit. Like, I don't mind if I fall here because I could have five more runs if I maybe pop that's out its own up. event almost. That it's just like this is the jam. Welcome to the X Games jam. Yeah, and it's yeah. like we're yeah. doing the half pipe. We're doing that, but this is the jam. It's free for all, and there's going to be like these three or five prizes. And there's a couple like rogue slope ponies that might yeah, get in yeah. there that are like you know who kind of open the doors, keep it a little looser. Yeah, it just like brings back the. Old, I mean, that's what it used to be. I mean, U.S. Like, Open. I mean, post U.S. Open. The pipe. But it was just also like if you wanted to rip runs. Then hike up and rip runs. If you want to just cruise and take your time, then take your time. And I look at it like practice uh, for like X Games where you have sled laps and it's not a jam, but like I'm out there like getting after it. Oh, it's so so nice. And then you you see like Arthur Longo, like he'd be up there just, what's up? Like, bro, you're not going (laughs) to practice? Like, yeah, yeah, in a bit. You know, like he just kind of did his own thing and it works. (laughs) Like, Super French, but he, he's smoking a cig. You're just mowing hard boiled eggs. Dry throat, dude. I was, it was bad. Like when you cough, like the egg yolk kind of flies out. It sucked. But I just think that would be super beneficial for the, for it and just more fun. Mm. Although I do love contests. So. I, do, I have a question about contests. Are they making the jumps bigger? Like, is there a ceiling? Like for f- like physics, like. Lou's a half pipe guy. Yeah, I guess this I mean, is like. Yeah, I can give you my opinion on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I want your opinion. Let's well, be. It's, it's funny because I I feel like you see some of these, some of the tricks that these riders have you can't do on every slow style course. So then you get like an X Games, like a big air. Like they're like, oh, so and so has got a quad. Like we can build the jump. So the first event this person's done a quad is here at X Games. Slow style gets a little more tricky. And then you add in like the female side where. I think it looks better and it's doper because the girls are so sick, but there's only one, a lot of times like one takeoff back in the day, you know, you had two takeoffs, but it's like a give and a take where, yeah, you're going to see some bigger tricks, but then it kind of separates like what some riders feel comfortable doing. But I think right now it's at a decent spot. Like it kind of makes the guys chuck hard, but the girls are, the females are feeling comfortable doing dub 12s and even, you know, some maybe a triple, but it's not, it's just kind of, the girls are pushing it so hard right now. Like it's insane in slow so style how good they are. Yeah, it's so fun to watch women's competitive snowboarding right now. Uh, you know, I would it would be fun to talk trend watch of where where we see things headed. Let's do a little uh, preview of uh, trick trends 2024, 25, you know. What do you got? Well, I've been noticing the stiffy coming back in possibly. Mm. And I want to see, you know, I'm liking seeing where grabs are going again. And it's fun to see people just chucking on jumps and exploring that again, like not just doing the standard grab or which we've been going in in a while. But I feel like more of the video film and people are like focusing in on making sure they're jumping. And it's just inevitable that the young folks are going to start bringing new stuff to it. Mm hmm. And uh, this guy's an avid stiffy, uh, a stiffy advocate, you could say. Stiffy Collins. I love a good stiffy. Yeah, this guy's, uh, this. I think as far as I've always tried to emulate the double-handed stiffy, like uh, Kurt Heine, back in uh, I think as he has a shot from Hood, and I've like have that on my phone on every computer because it's so proper. So I've always tried, and then I started doing like. Between the legs, double. You'll be really, flexible for that. Well, I have short legs, so yeah. it doesn't, I don't have to reach that far. But really pull up that way. And then I remember when all the grenade guys kind of started doing it 
Danny mostly. Um, Lane, don't forget Lane. Lane, of course. Sorry, Lane. I'm a. I have Lane stories that I always respect Lane until the day I die. But uh, Danny was doing them in the pipe, and we were at X Games, and I was traveling with Grenade, and Danny was like my idol. And I was doing front sevens with it, and he like literally was like, "Yo, why are you biting my stuff?" And I'm with like, the double grab. With the double grab, and I was like, uh, "I'm sorry." So then I started doing front seven stiffies, and this is back on my forum. Day, oh, so, so he was you blood. were doing them just truck driver at first? No, just double mute mute indie. Okay, and that's what Danny was doing on jumps and everything. And so he called me out at X Games. So then I was like, well, I can, I like stiffies. So I'm just doing it with a stiffy. So I have a bunch of like old X Games photos, like front seven stiffies. And then I've always tried to, you got to separate yourself, especially with everyone kind of doing some of the same doubles. So when I used to do front double 10 nose, Danny Davis did cab double tail, which would be switch nose, but I did front double 10 nose. Then other people started doing it. So I was like, I got to mix it up. So then I started doing like my spaz poke. But that's just a lot going on in that trick, and it felt cool, but it looked like nothing. So then I, folks, that's yeah, I went a front double, Great like, name. like this. So then I started doing the <laughs> indie mute double, front double. And then there was a Levco who I love, a young kid from Mammoth. He started doing cab sevens with that this year in Sauce. And I was like, listen, I'm going to tell you like Danny told you, because Danny used to coach him on the rookie team. I said, no, 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 no. Not until I'm done. <laughs> Let me ride this one out before you start biting that grab here, because... That's like my separator from everybody else doing front doubles. But I was thinking about trying to do the stiffy, but there's just so much on a front double 10 in the pipe that, like, I don't know how it's going to look. We're going to need that. I like how you told him to take a knee on that. Yeah. How how was that received? I mean, the kid is an amazing snowboarder and, like, an even better person. Levko is, like, the whole – he's so nice. Is he abiding by the rules set, uh, the parameters? Is there going to be, like, a pass-off after? Like, Yeah, because yeah, I, I would, like, like, love that kid. I would give him – I have so much respect for him as a person, and that's, to me, the biggest thing. Like, if I like you as a snowboarder, but then you're a really cool person, then I'm, like, going to back you hard. So I back him heavy. But Danny, I had a – you know, I had a little – Danny and I go back and forth now because he's <laughs> yeah. the U.S. team head coach now, so he's not the rookie te- coach. So we, we travel again together, nice. which has been fun, but – I think in half pipe you're going to see you're seeing more creative grabs on bigger tricks because that's just the evolution, and then I think you'll see like some creativity. Like I said, Jan was doing the back nine shifty, which is just so sick. But you haven't seen the shifty as much mm-hmm. since like Ross Powers did the back three or was it switch back three shifty? That was really sick back in the day. But you haven't seen the shifty as much as you do in like slope style. Mm. I could see more of that. That'd be pretty sick. I'm seeing a couple upticks in a couple tricks. I'm seeing an uptick in chicanes. Oh, I'm, mm. see, I'm seeing an uptick in sloth rolls. I'm seeing, uh, you know, I'm seeing an uptick in those. Um, I'd like to see a downtick in like, <laughs> is, is that a word? I don't know. Sure. I'd, I'd like to see. We'll, we'll accept it. In, in video parts, I'd like to see a downtick in like basic tricks on bigger rails. I'd actually like to see an uptick on like tech down bar. That's it's 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 time. It's time for tech down bar to come yeah. back. We saw a good uptick in nose presses this year. Mm, you did okay. Yeah, like a fifteen percent increase. Oh, you did okay. Maybe sixteen. So yeah, uh, Cooper dust box. Yep. Just giving that one just absolute hell. Yeah, that and, raised the stock a bit. And then of course Marty. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also Marty's front board on the triple kink C rail. Oh, amazing. 
That movie was sick. Yeah. Mount Mountain. Uptick on giant front boards on front boards and back lips on big kinks. I would love to see an uptick on that. Yeah. That that's timeless. In in 30 years, you can watch that clip of Marty Vachon and it'll still be amazing. I'd like to see just that nose press thing continue and like let's get the half cap nose press back. Mm. Let's get the front 180. What are you going to say here? Are you going to Harrison Gordon it and say fakey 5 or switch nose press? Yeah, I'd probably say switch nose press, but my the skater in me wants to say fakey 5 Yeah, whichever you want to call it. Yep. Yeah, that one, let's get that, like, let's get that through a kink or, like, legit style. I know it's, I know nope. it's hard to, like, show. The, it's so hard to get a super good press through a kink. That's why nobody does them. Yeah, but, like, let's get there. The non-slap, like the non-freeze frame 50-50 at any moment. Yeah. No no 50-50 freeze frame. Yeah. That's what we need. That's like probably what I hear about the, when I, I'm on Slash looking at the comments. People are like, another video with just like board slides and 50-50s. Yeah. And which is like they're all, they all have their place. And it's, but when it's a whole video of that, I think it's time to mix it up a bit. Yeah, there's, like, there's like an uptick in less is more. Like just do it smooth and film it good, and but it's like no, actually no, more is more. Like doing and like ramp the run out so <laughs> you know it was amazing. You know it's like yeah, yeah. No more is more. I want to see it. I, I wanna, love back one eighty switch five zero when it's put in ninety. Well, yeah, it can't be the swivel. It can't be a front blunt and then swivel into the. I'm talking photo. back one eighty land on the front foot. Oh, switch tail press. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that one's hard. Yeah. Like, I love that trick. Like, that's like the most fun trick to do in powder, just the backside 360 butter or whatever. Mm-hmm. I love it applied places and mm. streets. And like, if you apply it to like a bar, it just becomes amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, even a flat bar or any round bar situation with that trick, fun to watch. I like it. This is good trend forecasting. Well, we're not the ones to predict them, but we can project what we want. Yeah, we're kind of just putting in like an order right now. Like yeah, we're putting yes. like a quick little like, like well, we want to see this, that, the other. Now go get it. The good thing is anybody that's going to do these tricks isn't listening, I can assure you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I think we kind of did it, guys. What do you think? Oh, I have one more note. Bad boy Noah. We talk about Bad Boy Noah taking the internet by storm. I don't know how old this kid is. I think he's five. He's got a couple good things going for him. He did a backlip 270 through the kink. Let me tell you, I went to that thing sticky. Wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. This kid's five. He's backlip 270 in the kink. Other thing he's got going for him, Instagram handle, Bad Boy Noah. Two, he, he's, he's a shoe-in for me. Works on multiple levels. Yes. Like he's a, would, he's a bad would, boy club, like, yeah. But he's also like bad boy Noah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like because he's five. Yeah, like yeah. if he's a, like a dog. Kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, big fan. Big what, fan. What, he should intern. You know, he's got That's the a he child figured labor out. scenario. I think <laughs> we need to be listening to the youth. In yeah, this industry, we should have a know? round table with a bunch of five year olds like, and be all like, these what old are heads. You, you know? guys are talking about upticks and chicanes. Jesus, yeah. Is he a snowboarding version of uh, Baby Gronk? You come in here with his dad doing the interview with him. <laughs> Say this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pika had a fun question. If we could take, if each of us could take the, the rest of us on a snowboard trip, where would you take us? 
Oh, what? well, you're saying if we all could pick one place to go? Yeah, like, but like, Louis, where would you take us? And can it Katie, be a place that I've never been? Where would you take us? Okay, I like this. This is a good end cap. Yeah, and an end sil- cap. Like, let's go here. on a trip together. Like, Silk's this was such a fun yeah. podcast. Yep. Let's all go on a trip. Where would you take us? You know? <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Well, I have, I have two. One I've never been though. You're kind of Louis vetoing no. the answer with two. You <laughs> gotta have one. There's two. An- the reason I give you two answers. One, Baldface. I've never been. I want to go. It seems like if you have a good crew, it's like the most memorable place ever. But I've never been. I just have it this built in my head. Two, I would love to take you guys um, back to my home mountain in Ohio because I think you guys would be able to get so creative, and it'd be fun to see how you ride my small hill that I grew up riding, but how you attack the mountain and make it even better. And I think... Do they have any trusty spools by chance? They probably (laughs) do. We have a a trailer park at the top of the mountain. We can probably find something there. That is a a Burtner honey hole. (laughs) Yeah. That is a honey hole. (laughs) And I think everybody there would be hyped to have everybody come there and ride. But I like the creativity because you guys all look at snowboarding so differently that I think it'd be fun to go to a mountain like that where you could just do whatever you want. Katie? Sign me up. Yeah, I think we'd have pretty much fun anywhere. And don't uh, really veto this answer. <laughs> uh, Where would I'm going to learn us? from my new best friend Louis. And uh, but uh, I, th- where would I like to go? I mean, personally, I really want to go to Japan. So if we could all go together, uh, you just stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, also, you know, I want us to get a little. You know, I want us to be amongst like you know some south american culture maybe we eat some hard-boiled eggs in a mm. argentina club together there's like a chicken uh there's like a full chicken farm with yeah. unlimited <laughs> eggs around. yeah I, I want to snow with you but then let's also find some uh you know unique places to eat eggs together <laughs> so. so we're going to japan or south america <laughs> no we're, go- we're going to south america okay we're going to south america okay <laughs> okay Sick. i got i got mine so i've done this with burtner before uh, and it's a very fun experience. I would take you guys to my cabin here in Utah, and there's no cell phone service, and it runs on solar, and you got to keep yourself warm with the fire, and you just hang out in a pretty primitive structure. You get a rope. There's the rope toes going. Now the rope toes there that we were hiking back then. Yeah. We got a rope toe. We got a handful of rails, and it's really just about, like, there's no no cell phone service. It's about the cooking it's about the hanging out. It's about the banter. And it's about making something out of nothing and snowboarding on a on like a 10-foot down rail. And it's like the time of my life when it's good. So, And you can also snowboard down if there's powder and like pow surf and all that. So that's my answer. Sick. That's realistic. We yeah, and I want to do that again because that was so fun. We should do that and do a podcast. We should, yeah. Like the light pol- The absence of light pollution... Yeah, that's something everyone needs to experience if mm-hmm. you're if you're a city dweller like me. Austin Granger, also his cooking, we had. Yeah, and that was he, no joke. I was thinking that can we invite him because he's really fun to snowboard with and an amazing chef. Yeah. Can we just put Granger in all of these? Yeah, scenarios? Granger is a, he's a shoe in. He's a shoo-in. okay. So yeah. Granger is impl- is applied is implied yes. here. Yeah. Okay, so I would love to take you guys to Alaska, and I would love for us to stay at in in Girdwood at the Alaska Prince. And, and it'll be snow. It's dumping. We're in the spring. We're probably there's a Nordic spa there now. Wow. We're hitting the Nordic spa. We're riding pal. Then when it clears, we're gonna go to Tin Can and we're gonna hike and build jumps like thirty to sixty foot and just chuck. That's good. Into I, powder landings. That's video of the year. Can I use Ben Bogart's snowshoes off the wall? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You grab Boya's <laughs> snowshoes. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll be no that I would. That's where I would take you guys. I love it. That's Let's make it happen. And last yeah. but not least, we got Silk back there. Where are we going, buddy? Japan, because I need to go to Japan. I need a trip. Okay, <laughs> we going North Island, Main Island. I'm not really, you know, taking us everywhere and planning. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> We just need to get there. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, I like you, that. Keep it simple. Else can be in charge. Keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's good. They got hard-boiled eggs over there, too, which is important. That's good. Yeah, I survived there for a few weeks, so if, if yep. they didn't have eggs, I wouldn't have survived. They so. might be black, though. Yeah, it's true. With, like, a green center. Yeah. Just yeah. close your eyes and just imagine <laughs> yeah. whatever you want. <laughs> I still say the highlight of the podcast was the conversation about hard-boiled eggs. For me, uh, mind-blowing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that whole thing almost needs to be like animated and like <laughs> brought to life. Like, <laughs> like I just want to like see that. Like, I really did almost bring some a because I know that Grandy thinks it's hilarious about the hardboiled eggs, and then that was going to be my prop. But I knew that we were going to be here for a while, and kind of been missing my snack, which would have been a hard-boiled egg. So yeah, kind of like, you should bring a GoPro with you next time you fly and GoPro <laughs> your hard-boiled egg in the bathroom experience. Uh, that's actually, mil- that, that's a million views right there. Yeah, no that problem. is. Yeah. All right. I don't have a flight for a while, so we got to remind me in January. But. <laughs> Perfect. All right. I think we did it, guys. Uh, thank you so much to all the sponsors, all of the Patreon members, everybody that asked the question. Uh, it's been a fun chat. And uh, we got another podcast coming at you next Wednesday. Over and out from the bomb hole. Peace! Nice. That's a wrap. <laughs>